30 and Nerdy Podcast is presented by Advertising Expressions. With so many ad specialties available, there is a huge opportunity for professionals like yourself to boost ROI and leave a lasting impression with your customers. Our mission is to help you create long-lasting relationships with your clients through the power of promotional products by getting your name in front of as many people as possible for as long as possible. We can help you today. Call Advertising Expressions, the place that the nerds use, at 423-586-3270. Ask for Zach and tell them the 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. What's up, nerds and nerdettes, and welcome to another episode of the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I'm your host, the Duke of Nerds, the captain of content the sweet tea of the nerdy south tyler mack and joined of course by the co-host the juicy one he is the doctor of nerdonomics he has his phd in nerdlosophy nerdology nerdonomics everything you can think of under the nerd culture banner he's freshly squeezed he's feeling great because spring break is on its way (laughs) dr davis what's up doc well, you just you said it all right there. Mm-hmm. What more is there to say? Spring break. You know, I love my breaks. I, I do love, love my kids. Love I my love breaks. breaks. So, yeah. Yeah. See, it, spring break's different in our line of work. See where you get to celebrate spring break and take off where I work. We have what's called spring break season, and it lasts about a month and two weeks. And it starts this weekend and it hmm. goes all the way through mid-April into late april and that is and we have this schedule in the office on the back of the wall behind vicky's desk of every county in the surrounding area and when their spring break falls like north carolina georgia bama all the states surrounding us that are well known for coming to severe county for their spring break you know you've got dollywood Mm -hmm. the water parks are going to be opening soon all that stuff so spring break season for you and spring break season for me, two totally different things. I wish that I had your spring break season, but I did just get off of a honeymoon. So as I'm I was about rested. to say, coming from the guy who just like went to Hogwarts and yeah. got married and all this stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we had the wedding. Uh, that's what big reason we took February off as we were getting down to the day. And uh, I knew the honeymoon and getting back into work has been a nightmare because I'm playing so much catch up. So like at the beginning of the year, I I filled out like a page and a half on notebook paper of initiatives that I would love to see to start or to take over in the year of 2023. It's insane that I would put this much on myself, but out of the page and a half of initiatives that I planned for 2023, and I know that's outrageous because that's it's you're insane, Tyler. It's also a starting point. So like. I got the Knicks, the the YouTube thing. TLD started a YouTube channel. Okay, there's one gone. I got the new badges in. There's another one gone. I came back to a lot of catching up and 
getting ready for spring break season and some more initiatives that are very exciting. Um, one that I can talk about is not the Avenger initiative. It's the influencer initiative. And we have reached out to some different influencers uh, on different medias, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, uh, blogs and vlogs and stuff like that. And we are going to be, you know, reaching out to them and sending them some of our products to discuss online on their like there's one that follows us pretty avidly uh that uses a lot of our products and different products from stuff that they get in Sevier county for like cooking and all that so we're going to send them a shirt and a lanyard and a koozie and some of our top selling products so if you are uh, an influencer of any kind and you're listening to this uh, and you have a, a nice following and and you like spirits of the adult beverage kind and uh hit me up it is uh t mcdaniel at tennesseelegend.com and uh we'll get you on the list of of stuff that you can get sent out to you and talk about they also have candles we do have candles we have candles that are made from our real stuff and smell fantastic yeah um it's just it's amazing great smells uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's one of the initiatives, and it, uh, we've got some more stuff coming down the pike. That's a lot of ex- a lot of excitement happening in the spirit world at TLD. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Some more excitement uh, that is not on the notes here that has to do with the post on Instagram about a big announcement coming up, and it has a Grim Reaper in it. Well, we are sponsored by. An official ambassadors, that's right, Reaper Apparel, and they are sending us some stuff juice that we get as ambassadors, and posted in the show notes of this episode is going to be our affiliate link, and if you go to that link and you buy from Reaper Apparel, and you use 30 and Nerdy Pod as your checkout, you get 10% off no matter how many times you order. Not your first time, not your second time, anytime. You order. Well, this just sounds like a steal, if you ask me. It does. Uh, we've got some hats heading our way. Reaper uh, Apparel. Now, now, despite the name of their their brand, you see, uh, if you wear their clothing, it does not mean that you will meet the Grim Reaper. Yes. No. So no. don't be afraid. No. And check it out. So we will start dropping some uh, links and stuff in our show notes and in our social media. Go check out their clothing and their hat line. And it's very... Um, good for the soul and each day the owner of reaper apparel sends out this very positive vibe email to everyone who's an ambassador talking about you know embracing the day take your day start your day with 15 minutes of visualization visualize what you want your day to be you know meditate all this stuff he's a great guy uh we're very happy that they are have chosen us to be ambassadors and looking forward to it and they are mental health advocates, which yes, which we are we. too. <laughs> so yes, yes, good they on are. you, Reaper Apparel. Absolutely. So thank you again, Reaper Apparel, for uh, this awesome opportunity. And uh, speaking of more opportunities, there are a lot of places that you can meet us in person coming up soon. Uh, we are going to be obviously at Fanboy Expo again in Knoxville. Tennessee. If you're not following them, you need to be following them because they're only halfway through their announcements. And good 
Gugamuga. My the names gracious. that have been dropped, and they still have more Lord of the Rings reunion being announced soon, along with more nostalgia, along with some Star Wars names. David's hitting it out of the park this year with Fanboy. This, I think I said this the last time we talked about Fanboy, but I just got to say again, I think this will be the biggest Fanboy of all Absolutely. time. And this Absolutely. is a convention that's been going for several 12, years now. 12 years now. Something like that. And, yeah. um, man, it's always been a big convention. But, mm-hmm. I mean, these names that they're dropping, are you kidding me? Uh, Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes. Uh, Miranda Samwise Gamgee himself, Sean Astin. Uh, I mean, come on, Charlie from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Veruca and Mike Veruca, T. From Mike the T. original, yep. not the Johnny Depp, the OG cast. Uh, and of course, some more names coming soon. So follow Fanboy Expo, uh, Knoxville and Orlando on social media and go, go, go. If you can go, go. I highly, I highly recommend it. Yeah. And if you go on Sunday, come tell your boy happy birthday because yeah. July 9th yeah. is my birthday. This one's so. going to be on your birthday. We, we ought to see if we can get a Joanna or somebody to put a big announcement over the microphone and be like, hey, happy birthday. Or yeah. if we could get uh, no, no singing. Aston oh, yeah. God, yeah. that'd be great. Any I would of the probably guests, die. Any of the guests, if I could get them to say happy that- birthday. You know, the that, doctor w- of nerdonomics. that would be up there with meeting Ian McKellen that time. Sean, if Sean Aston said Ian happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, yeah. If it was like a big deal, like over yeah. the thing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And we are uh, planning with uh, shooting some emails and stuff and phone calls back and forth with our amazing sponsors at OEB law, planning O-E-B something law. even bigger than hosting a cosplay contest, something to incorporate cosplay, some LARPing, some prizes, adventures, things like that. So we're very excited. It's going to yes. be great. We're LARPing. also going to be in Chattanooga at MetrothamCon. It took me a while to realize what they were saying when they emailed me, when they were saying MetrothamCon, because I was like, Metro, Metro. Thoth- yeah, I did the Gotham. same. And then I was like, oh, it's Metropolis and Gotham combined. Yeah, Metrothamcon. very clever. Very clever. That'll be May the 12th through the 14th. Absolutely. In Chattanooga, Tennessee. Your boys will be there. We're going to be hosting a panel uh, about nerding in the 90s. So for those of you that are far under our generation, come learn something. Come learn something about nerd being nerds in the 90s and how non-mainstream it actually was at yeah. the time. Especially you you kids out there. You younger You got kids. it so easy these days. Yeah. Come listen to what it was like to to be a real nerd in the nineties. Exactly, being being having your milk money taken and pushed into lockers and made fun of and tripped on the on the playground. Yeah, all that fun stuff. But it was actually great. That that actually didn't happen because we did actually have the best stuff in the nineties. I'm telling you. Oh, unbelievable! But speaking of reunions, uh, the twentieth anniversary of Return of the King is this year. And they are re-releasing it in movie theaters. Yeah. I uh, plan to attend. Yes. Actually. Gosh. Uh, and, and, and you know, I can't break tradition. Every time I go to a long movie, I hold my pee for as long as I can. And when I was, I don't know, 14 years old, sitting in the movie theater watching Return of the King, got to the Battle of Pelennor Fields, the Oliphants are coming through. 
Aragorn shows up, spoilers, with the King of uh, King of the Dead army, and, and they take over Minas Tirith, and my bladder feels like it's going to explode, oh. right? But you know what? Little 14-year-old Josh, who was the biggest Lord of the Rings fan of all time at the time, said, no, sir. If I have to pee my pee pants my right pants. here, I will do it so that I don't miss a single second of what Absolutely. happens. Dedication. This, the, the the drama of Frodo and Sam and Gollum really got me. I wanted to see Gollum get his comeuppance because he's a absolutely. He so, is. Uh, but you know, this time, I don't think I can make it the whole time, and this, I know what happens. So I I'll know, probably, I, I know you can't make it. I'll probably be going to the bathroom because it's the four hour and ten minute version. Yeah, well, that's dropping. So, uh, but speaking of Lord of the Rings, I've been waiting for this so. So we can get feelings out on on the out on the pod, out on the field, off of our chest. We've both been holding on to this. We haven't really discussed it outside of this. I've been waiting to discuss this because I want true feelings <laughs> about this. New Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, I don't I feel mean, like it I... is the 20th of the third movie. So, I mean, reboots have happened sooner. Is this a reboot, though? Or are they saying other countries are going to do movies? Like, or is this a, yeah, there's, there, it's going to be in the universe of Lord of the Rings? Right. Like, that's, like the that's War the of the North video game that happened? Like, so, same time, different characters? There's a ton of different stuff out there that they could play with mm. and rings of power apparently was received sort of mediocre with yes. a lot of me i i i wasn't aware of that uh, i'm yeah. not one i'm not one to like look into the mm. response you know or whatever but you know i enjoyed it for the most part yeah i enjoyed it it, there it, was some, it didn't like change my life but there were some some dragging moments but i i guess for it to be hyped up in the way it was like this is the most expensive TV show ever produced ever of all time. Like literally it was. So I feel like the hype was just way up there, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what people were expecting, but um, you know, so that, that proves though that you could play with other parts of that, that universe. So I'm hoping that that's what they mean. Cause they didn't specify. They didn't say we are remaking the Lord of the Rings, you know? No, they didn't. Because if they had said, oh, we're doing the Cimmerillion, like a lot of people looking at that headline would have no idea what that is. And they'd keep scrolling. They'd have been like, OK, <laughs> so you got to say Lord of the Rings. Right. Uh, but I don't know. Surely because... maybe this one will have Tom Bombadil in it. <laughs> Which I got to say, uh, and I've been saving this to tell you is uh, we are going back through the it's weird to say it like this the original trilogy <laughs> lord of the rings trilogy uh, an audiobook so she can hear all the differences of the actual book now i will warn you out there there are abridged versions that are like performed mm -hmm. uh, where there's like a voice cast that's not what we're doing andy circus is actually reading the entire book and we went through the first one during the honeymoon and she's like wow a lot of differences. Who's this singing character? <laughs> I was like, eh, the damn Tom Bombadil. <laughs> <laughs> I think he 
was more vital to the story than Peter Jackson and them gave credit to. But I do understand why cutting like because he's in a lot of that barrow down stuff. The exposition of that first book and movie is like yeah. forever. Forever. I feel like it was the right choice, man. But I was also reminded that the death of Boromir happens in the early in the second book. Yes. And not the end of the first. It reminded right. me of that because we started Two Towers now. And I was like, oh, yeah, he doesn't die in the first book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's cool hearing her seeing and hearing some of the, oh, they didn't do that in the movies. Or, oh, this was said by a totally different character. Or So we're doing that. We are uh, about a quarter of the way through two, which reminded me also how much time Aomir actually spent with them. <laughs> When they got to Edoras, like he's they run across him, you know, the writers of the Rohirrim, and he, he makes the comment about I'd cut your head off, dwarf. Mm-hmm. If it were blah blah blah. He spends days with them before sending them on to look for the hobbits. Mm-hmm. Like he's just talking to them, just oh yeah, and we've done this and done yeah. this. And no, Sauron's not buying horses from us, and blah blah blah. And like, I was like, golly, they cut a lot of Aomir in that second one. Uh, there's this thing about uh, these these stories uh, in the books where you know they're on their journeys and they show up somewhere and they stay for weeks and months weeks. at a time. Like they stayed in Rivendell for s- several months. Like several just, months. Well, you know the whole world's in danger and uh, we're probably going to do something about it. But let's just chill out here and listen yeah. to this elf playing harp for a couple of days. <laughs> so uh, yeah. and then like the, in the Hobbit, they stayed with Bayorn for several days or maybe yeah. a couple. Yeah, a couple weeks. Uh, And smelly dwarves showing up and overstaying their welcome. And I'd forgotten that J.R.R. Tolkien basically wrote a freaking musical. Oh, yeah. Because there's so much singing. Mm -hmm. And Andy sings all the songs. Poetry and songs. (laughs) So it's like, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we're enjoying it. We're enjoying it. Um, But... I don't know how I feel, man. I mean, if they're going to do different universe, like different things going on in the universe at the time of the ring, or even like during the 17 years that between Bilbo leaving and Frodo leaving or the stuff happening in the North or the West, or if you're going to tell other stories within the time frame with cameos. Oh yeah. They're, I hate, they're all still with us. Yes. We've got and, all of them. And in a recent interview, Ian McKellen said he wants to play Gandalf one more time before he dies. Can I just tell you a little bit about Ian McKellen here? Um, I recently subscribed to a streaming service. It's the National Theater based okay. out of England, the mm-hmm. National Theater at Home app. And you can stream uh, this huge collection of plays that they've done there. I mean, they've got Amadeus. They've got tons of Shakespeare. Wow. They've got uh, Henry V starring uh, Jon Snow. What, what's Whoa. His name? Yeah, what's his name? Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington, yes, sir. Uh, they've got him and Henry V, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream with Gwendolyn Christie as Titania in it. Um, all this great stuff. But they have um, Ian McKellen. He did a, a one-man show that he toured it did like 80 performances of it the whole thing was to raise money and funding for theaters and for young actors so that they would have 
you know, tuition money to go to acting schools and things like that. It, it's this great thing. Wow. Anyway, he did this special, this, this one man show and they recorded it and it is so funny and it is so entertaining. The first half, he just tells stories and he starts out reading the scene uh, with the Balrog and Gandalf in the book and he does the fly you fools and all that and he does this dramatic reading of it oh it's amazing he talks about meeting christopher lee he's like i always thought that i should play gandalf i read lord of the rings every year and he's got the book and he's like holding it in all the pages he's like a thousand two hundred something pages i'm the Uh, only one to have met tolkien yeah uh and then in the second half, he does uh, this game with the audience where he has them call out the names of all the 37 plays written by Shakespeare. Whoa. And so, yeah. And so they, they do it. He's got them all sitting there. He's got this box and they're all sitting there. And so they'll call one out. And he'll grab it. He'll recite something from it. He'll perform like a soliloquy or he'll tell you a story about it or he'll tell you some kind of little anecdote about it. All 37 of them. It's <laughs> the most amazing thing. Um, and, and I made sure to hit up our old uh, theater professor and Jerry. let him know, oh, Jerry, you got to got to see Surian. I was fortunate enough to uh, get a hug from old Jerry this past Saturday night. Well, Tyler, yeah, that was just fine. You're a fine feller. Yeah, he kept calling me the married man. <laughs> well, that you are. That's my new identity, Jerry. Thank goodness. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's our feelings. You know, if they're going to do it they do it right way then you know i'm not gonna spit on it if it's no i'm not open to it (laughs) if it's a complete uh if it's a complete rewash and reboot it's not time man yeah that's what i'm saying like these these movies are masterpieces Mm. yeah i mean there's a reason why the wizard of oz hasn't been redone Mm -hmm. you know it's been things have been added to that universe you know the great powerful oz and wicked and all that different ip that we've got which is great on its own but no one but you don't you don't you don't redo the wizard of oz right no no you don't redo the lord of the rings and you don't redo star wars no you just don't touch them they're they're they were meant to be done at that time and be part of that history now in 200 years when all of these people are dead and the fans of these are dead uh, sure play around with it but now i would only accept other stories during the timeline with cameos i have this feeling like a hundred years from now star wars won't be a thing at all because people will be so sick of it because there's 38 different series and 40 movies (laughs) yeah that's what uh um uh, Liam Neeson said about it. Yeah, in a recent interview, I mean, they're watering themselves down. Yeah, it's, and I mean, coming from me, I'm I'm a it big Star a Wars lot. guy. I'm a big Star Wars guy, and I've loved everything they've given us, and I'll mm. continue to love it. I will, but man, it's getting hard to keep up. Yeah, they it got is. two things going at the same time right now. Mm-hmm. They got Mando and Bad Batch going mm-hmm. all at the same time. It's a lot, and ba- Mando will go straight into Ahsoka. I'm yeah. pretty stoked for Ahsoka. So. I am too. Speaking of of doing things a certain way, I read an article. Uh, well, uh, someone posted an old article from Wizard Magazine. 
and this was a dream casting of the X-Men that happened in Wizard Magazine in like the mid-90s. So the dream casting for Professor Xavier actually came true. Nice. Patrick Stewart was their dream casting. Cyclops was Michael. He was he was Reese in Terminator One. He didn't do a whole lot. He was the main guy in Terminator One. Uh, Jean Grey. People wanted uh, Nicole Kidman. Okay. Wolverine. De Niro. <laughs> Could you see him going like, "Hey, Bob, listen, Bob." <laughs> You're talking to me, Bob? I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> Angel, Carrie Elwes. Yeah, that's great. Iceman. They wanted Craig Kilborn from The Daily Show. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Phoenix. Uh, they wanted uh, model actress uh, Iman. Nicole Kidman couldn't do both. Oh, I meant did I say Phoenix Storm? Yeah, you did. Sorry, I was looking uh, at the wrong page. Storm, okay. model actress Iman. Okay. Rogue, they wanted Charisma Carpenter from Buffy. Oh. Beast would have been Sam Neill. Interesting. I'm trying to figure out who that is. Sam Neill, Jurassic Park, Event Horizon. Oh, okay. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Bishop, Morris Chestnut, Psylocke, uh, Tia Carrera from Wayne's World. I like that. Okay. Russell, Russell Crowe is Mr. Sinister. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Scott Glenn as Bastion. Okay. Apocalypse would have been uh Brian Thompson. He was uh uh was it Shao Khan or not Shao Khan, uh yeah, Shao Khan in Mortal Kombat 2. I know the bad guy. Yeah, uh yeah, yeah I know you're about. They wanted him as Apocalypse or not, sir. Uh Rutger Hauer as Magneto from Blade Runner. Yeah, I know, yeah. And Clancy Brown as Sabretooth was Wizard Magazine's oh, wow. cast of a future X-Men live-action movie. You know, the, that's that's a pretty good uh, choice there, Clancy Brown. He would have been a great saver, too. Yeah. Clancy Brown, who is joining the cast of the Penguin HBO Max series as Maroney. Clancy Brown, who uh, is uh, Mr. Krabs. It's Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob. And also in the old animated uh, Justice League cartoons, he's Lex Luthor. And also, he's in the Shawshank Redemption. Oh. Which is another masterpiece. Another masterpiece. Another thing you don't touch. You know, those are very acceptable choices. Very acceptable. Some of them very intriguing. Some of them... uh, In the 90s, what's crazy is we had such a perfect animated show that... In the heat of that animated show, I never dreamed of wanting a live-action X-Men. Same, actually. Do you know who would have made a really good rogue in the 90s? Who? 
Reese Witherspoon. She'd have been phenomenal. She does that Southern accent, you know? I mean, she actually mm-hmm. is a Southern girl. I think, yeah. So. Yeah. She is Southern girl. But yeah. you ever hear that? Do you ever hear that joke where someone says, uh, oh, did you hear about that actress that got stabbed? You know, Reese, uh, Reese. And you go, Reese Witherspoon? Witherspoon? No, with a knife. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so talking about some movies and TV, a lot has happened since the last uh, episode. We've got The Last of Us on right now, which is just holy smokes. Fantastic. So good. Uh, the best video game to other entertainment IP I think ever done. I think it's got to be. It's got to be the greatest one. It's the, it's the new blueprint. Notice that they stuck to the story of the game that people love. Yeah. They made their own artistic, you know, liberties and and changes and they all worked very well, but it Mm -hmm. was all stuff that was not changing anything from the game. Mm -hmm. Really? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, and there are so, and in every episode, uh, you can do side by side comparisons of game moment, show moment, and they are almost linear. Like they picked like, this is a big moment from the game. We should do it very similar, mm-hmm. like to where you could compare the two. And that proves that one, the showrunners of this respect the fans of the game. And two, they respect the source material. And three, they're fans of the game. Because mm-hmm. sure. this story of this game, this game was way ahead of its time by the story standards, by, uh, you know, action standards, by, characterization of like in this world because let's not forget that they're not zombies it's not a zombie game it's not a zombie show they are infected but they are not zombies right so don't call them zombies uh and plus the clickers are just they they didn't really change like it's like they even were like no the the look in the game we want that and so many of the effects are like special effects. Like they're real. Mm-hmm. It's not CGI. And mm-hmm. I love that. And I respect that so much. Uh, the episode where they had the big bloated up dude that came busting yes. out. That was real. Mm-hmm. That was a real dude. So bravo. I know it's just been fantastic. And <laughs> and they leave out the worst parts of the game. Like where you have to find a plank for Ellie to ride on, on the water. Cause she can't swim. <laughs> You know, the it'd be I, I, like it'd be like doing an ocarina of time, but leaving out those crappy puzzles that constantly <laughs> had to do in different yeah. temples. Like, well, <laughs> you've got to move this and shift this to make the water rise here. Don't put that in the movie. Yeah. Or the show. Needs that. Leave that stuff out. But I'm I'm enjoying it, man. It's only nine episodes, so it's already almost over. Mm-hmm. Which and is there's crazy. so much left to tell. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you can get a few seasons out of this. Yes. Out of both games. Uh, so, uh, and we've had a lot of trailers drop. Uh, one in particular that we're going to discuss a little bit in detail is the Flash trailer. Um, you give, you know, there's always that 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 story of if you give Batman enough prep time, he can beat anybody in the comic book world, correct? Yeah. Well, if you give Michael Keaton's Batman enough prep time, he'll make you forget that Ezra Miller kidnaps somebody. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Because uh, now there's ex- excitement around the movie. <laughs> holy cow. <laughs> like, like and, and that's that's it right there. Like, you want to know why we didn't cancel this movie? You want to know why we didn't go back and didn't change anything? Michael Keaton, that's why. Here you Keaton. go. Check it out. You forgive <laughs> us now? Um, no. <laughs> but I, I still I still expect there to be a uh, an ending of recasting the Flash or Barry dies and they move forward with Wally or or something. But well, do you think though that the second Barry being in the yellow is some sort of a nod to Eobard? reverse Eobard? Yeah. yeah. Which my my cast for Eobard Thon is Anthony Starr. So dream cast right there. He'd be a great reverse flash. You know, I think he'd be great at anything that he did. It would be so hard for me to separate him from Homelander from Homelander yeah. because he is good. It's like those are brave. He's good. It's man. The problem that people are having in the crown is separating Umbridge. The actress who played Umbridge is right. The queen and the, because she was are, excellent, yeah, man. People are having trouble uh, separating it. Like, yeah. she, she gave us the greatest characterization of a, a terrible pink horror from the book that, you know, one of the better characterizations from book to movie was Umbridge. She was. Yeah. Huh, she was not only the, the great performance, but I mean, how much I've just come to hate Homelander mm. the character, you know, and I, for some reason, like I relate everything back to wrestling, but I guess it's because that's the first like structure of storytelling that i learned and everything and like that's what i base storytelling on um but like what a heel homelander is you know and how like over the course of time you slowly grow to hate him more and we are waiting to see the payoff we're waiting to see who's going to show up and who's going to take homelander down and how satisfying that moment is going to Mm. be right like i'm so excited for that yes and i just you just bringing up Anthony Starr makes me think of all of this. I mm-hmm. think that he is amazing. Yeah, he's fantastic. And point being, I would not be able to separate him yeah. from Homelander. From Homelander. I'm so invested in Homelander and how much I hate him. Um, I'd be thinking Homelander the whole time. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see it. I mean, I've been on the fence. I think everyone's kind of been on the fence. I know that there are friends of the show who absolutely will wait for the DVD. They will not yeah. support. They, they just can't bring themselves to see it on the big screen. Uh, and I was on the fence for a while, but then Michael Keaton showed up <laughs> and, uh, I was like, man, no, I'll be in the theater. I want to see it. I want to yeah. see it. And <laughs> maybe that makes me bad, but you know what? At least I'm not the only one. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I could wait. I, I could wait, but <sighs> man, Michael Keaton. But to and say he- you saw Keaton in the theaters in a bat suit. Yeah. And it looks yeah. like it's it's going to be like that same age, Michael mm-hmm. Keaton. He didn't look older. Uh, he It's not the same age. He is older, but it's like the 89 Batman. Okay. He's a lot more uh, agile than he was. Yes. In the 90s. In the yes. 80s. Yeah, I think he can actually turn his head in this one. Yeah, he was putting Put the smack me. down on those uh those those goons so absolutely is this officially the last time we see ben affleck as batman because i feel like we've heard that before uh, and then he uh, keeps showing up allegedly it, it is uh, the last but he is going to possibly direct for gun i remember when he showed up in suicide squad 
the the first Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there he is for a minute. Oh, but that's probably the last time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. Proceed. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, we had Indiana Jones Five trailer. Uh, looks yeah. fun. The de aging yeah. looked fantastic. Yes. Uh, we had the Guardians of the Galaxy Three trailer. Uh, I think we're gonna lose you know a what? few. I'm not. Maybe it's that 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 looming over it. Like probably some bad things are gonna happen. But like yeah. I'm not super stoked about Guardians. I mean, it's it's you know? probably the first time I would say that I'm I'm the least stoked about this one. Yeah, maybe, and that's... it might be that impending like we're gonna lose an original, more original members, and plus the way they restructured contracts is, you know, other than Batista's contract being over, quote unquote, we don't know where everyone else stands. Well, so... Batista is like willingly. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's heading out. Yeah, yeah. Um... I can't imagine though that guys like uh like you know Star Lord like he wouldn't come back. He's a pretty know. big deal, you know. I don't know. He's gonna have Mario money soon, so Mario money's gonna be Nintendo money. Beat that Disney money? I don't know. <laughs> uh I watched the TMNT trailer. I did uh, not. It looks great. It's very um uh, same anime, very similar animation style to Into the Spider Verse, uh, oh, which good. is exciting. It looks fantastic. The voice cast is A plus and star studded. Uh, at the beginning and the trailer, it actually says from uh, Forever Teenager Seth Rogen, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's voicing him. Bebop. Uh, isn't there a wrestler doing a voice in this? Cena's Rocksteady. That's it. Yeah. And it's like villain heavy. Like the turtles are kids. Pretty much. They're kids. And it's villain heavy. Like from Leatherface to Krang to Bebop to Rocksteady. Like pretty much all the villains except Shredder have been announced. So this is uh, cool. Mutant Mayhem, right? Yeah. It's going to be cool. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, Post Malone. Yeah. Post Malone's in it. Ice Uh, Cube. Rose Byrne. Is doing leather. Carlo Esposito. Mm. Holy moly. Yeah, I think I'll be seeing this one. Mm-hmm. You should check the trailer out. The I'm animation even, style will, will get you excited for it. I'm not even a huge Turtles guy, but like, yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Plus, man. If it's anything like Spider Verse, oh, the animation looks great. Take my money. Uh, so we're doing a 100 movie challenge. After we got married, we've got this big poster on our fridge that's like 100 movies to watch on before you die. Yeah. And it's like a scratch off thing. So we have gotten her through Gangs of New York. Good one. The Departed. Mm -hmm. Office Space. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's on there. The the three uh, Back to the Futures. Yeah. And we are currently on the third Indiana Jones. So I, f- I found a book uh, here. Um, it's like 101 movies that you should see before mm-hmm. you grow up. Mm-hmm. And I pulled that out and I was like, in a couple years, I could probably start this with Emma. Yeah. Some of them are going to be a little too much for right now, but it, yeah. it's like there's a little picture of it and a little description who's in it, what year it came out. 
and you give it a rating and you write like when you watched it and what you thought about it. And I thought, how cool would that be? Oh yeah. You know, that's something that she can you do with her dad with, yeah. that she can keep forever and look back on. And it's like, Oh, we love all these movies. So absolutely. Movies are so special. <clears throat> absolutely. And, uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's something I'm looking forward to a lot. Cool. Cool. So uh, aside from that, another big movie came out uh, wedding weekend. What were your thoughts of Ant-Man? Ant-Man, I don't think, set the world on fire. It didn't change my life. I didn't have any moments of like, oh, yeah, or what? Or or anything like that. I didn't have any big feelings or big reactions to it. I thought it was fun. Um, Me and Brant and Peyton went together on the mm -hmm. morning of rehearsal. rehearsal. And we all pretty much gave it like a seven. Yeah, I think that's fair. Which seven's not a bad score. Not at all. It wasn't a bad movie. It was just like it was there some I, the, the spoiler alert. The ant army at the end with Pim was a little silly. In our opinions, we were like. What was silly about that to you? I don't know. It just was kind of like, oh, no, all hope was lost. Yeah, that was their big, you know, deus ex mocking yeah, moment like, like but it made sense though because all of the, our heads just kind of went you saw the ants going in there with them yeah and he can just, and he can control them it's kind of silly it's just a silly moment it's like sure for me it was very comparable to like mjolnir and stormbreaker having feelings and floating towards thor yeah like that no. kind of like hmm, well yeah, I, I get it but hmm. i guess that's fair i i didn't I but kind again, of it's not like that moment. It's not bad. Like I wasn't like this sucks. I really enjoyed the moment when uh, the mind reader was interacting with Scott and <laughs> that one guy was like, do you have holes? And he's like, his name is Scott Lang and he has seven holes. And there's a pause where he's like counting. And I love that because everybody watching it was also doing the same thing. Like, yeah. wait a minute. Counting what? your own <laughs> holes. Yeah. So that I was, was like, cool. let's say two, four, five. Oh, 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 check. I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, but did you hear or read something about like they changed the ending? Like they did a reshoot of the ending. Like maybe, maybe it's not true. Or maybe I, I don't know where I heard this, hmm. but like maybe they were going to kill him off in the end, and uh, they went back and changed it. Uh, maybe. I mean, I, I, I went into the movie fully expecting Scott was going to die. I wasn't sure. Um, um, I think that it would have been a good way to, you know, make Kang like, oh, no, you know, villain. this is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, well, and this is the the other thing that was kind of like iffy to me going into it that I kind of took it with me is this is Kang. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is Kang the Conqueror. This isn't he who remains this isn't ramatut this this is kang the one who scared the rest of them mm -hmm. the one who was so scary that they exiled him and he was getting left and right hooks from ant-man not shrinking like just that brutal beat down at the end which was a great fight i loved the brutality of it and like that's when i was like god he's gonna kill scott right here but still be stuck um it's just kind of like this is Kang. This is the guy who who could wipe the floor with Thanos in a lot of people's minds. Who do you got to fight him? We have Ant-Man. 
Like, like this is the Kang that's like an Avengers level threat. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, it just that kind of I went in with that in my head, and I was kind of like, uh, you know, I expect like an Iron Man against this Kang, or right, or right. you know, one of the big three. That's a go good. Against. That's a really good point. I mean, I hadn't thought of. It I just that thought way. it was very interesting yeah. to introduce Kang in an Ant Man movie. Uh, but who's to say that when we see him again, that he doesn't go to Scott? He doesn't go to Scott first right away and just done. Kill him, you know. Plus, seeing the Council of Kings was pretty cool because we saw yeah. Ramatut, which will tie in Moon Knight in the future, sure. which is really right. cool. There's a chance that Rama might be in the next season of Moon Knight, uh, which will be really cool if we start seeing these Kings in the show as well these other variants um so i'm excited but i will say that i am very excited for the taste it gave us of what's to come yes which i think is what the purpose of the whole thing was i think it was just a bridge to Mm -hmm. here's your new bad guy yeah it was it was our our palate cleanser our hors d'oeuvres before at cocktail hour before the big meal what'd you think of bill murray i thought it was great we didn't see a body so Maybe Bill Murray won't return. It's weird seeing him as a bad guy, but he really wasn't like a bad he just, guy. He was just sleazy. Yeah, he was just sleazy. He wasn't necessarily evil. And plus there's this opening like subplot of she may have slept with both Bill Murray and Kang. I kind of took time. I kind of took it as Bill Murray was the reason why she wasn't sleeping with Kane. Oh, like if she's with him for 20 years or whatever, you got to think at some point, I guess. Uh, but then when we get the Bill Murray thing, it's like, oh, well, no. Yeah. Cause it'd be hard to forgive her for. Oh, I mean, having yeah. relations with the big bad, with the big bad guy. So, yeah, I mean, uh, give it a seven. Uh, I think it was pretty good. Yeah. It gets us going to the next journey, and uh, it's the end of phase four. So on to phase five we go. I'm ready. Yeah. And speaking of big boys, the big boy in the wrestling world's coming up. We are post-chamber. Hmm. We're heading into WrestleMania. Uh, full steam ahead. The culmination of the Bloodline storyline will probably be happening at Mania. We'll see either the end of the Bloodline or maybe they'll swerve us and keep it going. But Jay chose his side yeah. this week, and yeah. we thought it was Sammy, but everyone who's anyone was like, no, they wouldn't yeah. do that here. Uh, sweet, sweet, super kicks him, and uh, the Bloodline is united. So I'm guessing it's looking like Sammy and KO probably will. Mm-hmm. Take the tag titles, maybe. Uh, uh, yeah. I think that if you're going to end the bloodline, you end it all. In one night. In one night. Two nights. Yeah. <laughs> two nights. You're right. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Cody Rhodes for a minute. Okay. I think you and I sort of had different feelings about the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. I did not think the Royal Rumble was bad at all. But I said, oh, you know, it was solid. It was like seven. Mm-hmm. And I think you enjoyed it a lot more than that. I, th- I enjoyed the wrestling and storytelling. The wrestling as a match, it was a great rumble. Oh, yeah. Uh, Walter, Gunther, whatever we call him now. Oh. Holy smokes, right? There's you a future star right there. 
Yes. Um, and, and lots of lots of great oh, yeah. moments. The yeah. the Logan Paul ricochet thing that was cool. Ugh. Lots of that that stuff. Mm-hmm. Here's why I felt not disappointed or whatever, but like I, I wasn't as into it as I thought I would be. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about Cody Rhodes. I like Cody, and I'm excited for a the Cody era that I assume that we're going to get. Mm-hmm. If you don't consider now the Cody era, mm-hmm. I'm just worried because that him winning that rumble was so telegraphed, man. It wasn't just a, everyone's expecting that he'll show up because people were talking about that when he went out after he had the torn, when he had the injury yeah. and he had we that match. With Seth, it. We everyone it. was saying, yeah. Oh, great chance for him to come back and win the rumble. Right. Mm-hmm. But not only did they say, Hey, Cody's going to be at the Rumble. Here's some video packages to, you know, prep you for it. Not only that, but then we go through the Rumble and we get to 30 and he's not shown up yet. And so we know, oh, he's the last spot. He's definitely going to win. So then he wins it. The other night, he had a moment with John Cena where John Cena came. He introduced him, held his arm up. And it felt like eh, flat to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember a time when The Rock, arguably the greatest superstar of all time, mm-hmm. showed up and raised the arm of his cousin, Roman Reigns, and he almost got booed out of the building. Mm-hmm. I'm worried that they're pushing the Cody thing too far. And also, we're at this weird time where sometimes these things ha- happen organically and sometimes that's some of the greatest stuff like the Kofi like mania what happened like Kofi mania and what's happened with sammy sammy Zayn, right nobody really cared i personally didn't care much about sammy Zayn like before he was the guy doing the jackass and genetico and, and i'll i'll even say the jackass match which by all rights is something that i should hate mm-hmm. i thought was pretty entertaining i enjoyed it it was mm-hmm. fun right so Sammy's happening and everyone loves Sammy. And if they don't treat Sammy right, that is a very organic thing that has been built. That's going to then we're going to, I'm worried that they're going to turn on Cody before it's time Mm -hmm. before it's time. He's not even, they got such a great story going with the, you know, the the thing with his dad and his dad didn't get to win the belts. He's going to do it for his dad and all that stuff. I love that. And the moments where they make the references like, yeah, well, you weren't the son that that the American dream wanted, but Roman is. And Roman had this great line of, you know, your dad taught me so much. And don't worry, whatever he didn't teach you, I will. Oh, yeah. Dang. Heel. Heel. Oh, Roman, man. So I'm I'm enjoying the, the story and, and the feud and, and all that stuff. I'm just worried about like it. it is it going to be so telegraphed that Cody's going to win or do we have to say that eh, not time yet? Roman's still going to keep going. I don't know. Here's, here's what I'd be worried about booking. Uh, I, I feel the same way. I've been worried about this Cody thing. Cause I, I, I didn't dislike him early on. I, I didn't love him when he was with, when he debuted and he was with hardcore Holly a lot, but like I loved him in legacy. Mm-hmm. I loved the dashing and the undashing stuff. Yeah. The whole wearing the mask and he's been ugly and I did not like mustache mustache roads. Nope. Um, but I've always kind of liked Cody, you know, uh, 
However, during Legacy, if you'd told me that Cody would rise above Ted and Ted would disappear, I'd have thought you were crazy. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I foresaw Ted going to that next level with Randy. Um, and I, I was really excited to see him come back at Mania. Thrilled that he's home. Kind of foresaw this entire push going, as you said. The one thing that I am a little like, eh, is the fact that there are two titles involved. I don't want Cody to be the WWE Universal Champion. I want him to win the WWE title. The one that his father never got to. The one that used to be the the prize upon among prizes. You know, and now we've got this ugly, you know, purple's a little bit better than red, but uh, universal title that's just kind of a second thing now. Now, if he were to win them both, I would love for on Monday Night Raw him to drop those things in the trash and pull out the old eagle. Yeah. Or the old old Goldie. Yeah. And be one like, champion. One champion. I agree. I would love that. Or save Rhodes and uh, save Rhodes and Reigns for night two for the WWE title. But something happens to where he gets put in a universal title match against someone on night one. Loses wish, the universal title. Wish it was loses, the Rock. Then loses the WWE title. His brother, his cousins lose their tag titles, both of them, to Zayn and Owens. And then, you know, the bloodline falls apart. But there's something weird about, I just find it really weird about, like you said, the the pushing and the very telegraph, the very, you know, we see this, this storyboard happening. And it also feels weird that it's for two belts when the WWE title is supposed to be the, the one, mm-hmm. not the, Oh, also this undisputed universal WWE, blah, blah, blah. I don't this, even know what it's called. This champion of champions, <clears throat> like from SmackDown versus raw 2010. Yeah, pretty much. I think, um, I, I mean, I think it's definitely time for that to end for that to be over. One I, champion. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, one belt, one belt. If you're going, if you're going to put them on one star, it should just be one belt. Yeah. This cool thing has has been it's been fun it's been cool double titles blah blah blah, um it was cool when Becky did it it's been cool when Roman did it, but I, I I'm kind of the the purest in me is what little bit is there these days um because now I'm just kind of like eh yeah um it's it's wrestling Triple H is doing some pretty good stuff is uh, kind of like all right one title one heavyweight. Honestly, I'd love to just have one mid carder, but there's two mid cards. Well, I like that though because it's like it elevates them on each show. Like mm-hmm. both of those mid card titles mean so much more than they did a couple of years ago. Yes, that's the main thing on SmackDown is the mm-hmm. IC title. The main thing on Raw's US. Mm-hmm. It's like that <clears throat> rung of the ladder on each show. But uh, so, wh- how are you feeling about Mania? You feeling like? I think we can Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of the telegraph stuff. You've had this, this uh, expectation, which I got to say, I think that you, you curse yourself subconsciously with this expectation. You did it on raw 30th. Yeah, I did Raw rumble. And it's all right now. It's all about the rock. I want it so bad because I feel like if it's not now, it's never going to happen. 
The only Ab- other place I could see it happening other than Hollywood is his home. Like in Miami? Mm-hmm. I just, I want it so bad. I feel mm-hmm. like now is the time while we have this golden egg of Roman, you know, mm-hmm. and all this time that it's been built up. I feel like there's more that they could have done in this time. Like they could have done something with the women. They mm-hmm. they should have done something with the women. Put the women in the bloodline. Naomi, Naya, Tamina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Naya who showed up for rumble and is gone again, whatever. Um, I wish they had done something like that, but this is a golden opportunity. We're not going to have another 900 something day reign yeah. for a long time, probably. Mm. Um, so I want it so bad. And, and I'm hoping because they're doing, they're, they're trying really hard to do more of this. Like they try to swerve us more and they, they try to keep things secret more. Like they're doing so much better with that. I'm hoping that this idea of, well, Rock's not in ring shape and he said he doesn't want to do it and blah, blah, blah. I'm hoping that's just like, you know, yeah. keeping the expectations low. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, you know, I was worried that I wouldn't enjoy Mania as much. Like this Mania would be a disappointment without the Rock thing happening. But I think it's going to be a great oh. show regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm just going to have to accept the Rocky thing. Yeah. And if it does happen, cool. I'll be, I'll, I mean, can you imagine? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be screaming and jumping yeah. up and down. It'll yeah. be great. Um, but if not, eh, missed opportunity, but okay, whatever. Yeah, we I don't, think it's going to be great. The card we, looks great. We don't have a ton of those things left from hmm. our days of. of well, I mean, last know, year it was Stone Cold. Right. That's true. So and, and we're getting Trish and Lita this year. Mm-hmm. So it's true. But I mean, we are at a point though, dude, where you know, those comebacks, those and I know that was one part you were upset about in the rumble is all the the returns and the comebacks. And like we're getting to a point where the attitude era aren't the comebacks anymore. Right. <laughs> the ruthless aggression era are the <gasps> Edge yeah. is back. If Orton yeah. had come back, it'd been like Orton. So now it's no longer your Rocks, your Austins, your Shawns, your Takers. Now it's yeah. like, and well, to even us, right it's now, like, like hmm. even but even our truth would have been something. He's not been around in a long time. Like even if he'd shown up and done some stupid thing, like, oh, you know, I, I thought this was the hell in a cell or something like that. Well, I that would have been something. It's also a statement. I feel like Triple H made a statement saying. I believe in our roster. Yeah. And that is I a very need triple H thing. Yeah. I don't need returns. I like Vince needed all the time. I get but, that. And and I respect that. You know, I, I I love a good pop at a rumble every now and then. Like yeah. the 40 man one when Diesel returned after like 10 years. That was great. But you know, I think H has has done a really good job, not just in Raw and SmackDown, but taking NXT back over really saying, I these are my people. Mm-hmm. You know, today's stars. Like it's cool to have Edge fight Finn Balor at WrestleMania. But at the end of the day, I've got my roster. These are my guys. Um, today's talent. And I respect that, but I think that a lot of people in our age are gonna have trouble kind of like because it's a slow nail each time saying like our era is over. <laughs> Every time they hammer that nail in, 
Taker's gone. Kane's gone. Sean's gone. H is gone. Austin, it was cool last year, but he ain't doing a stint. Mm -hmm. So it's just at that point where we're like, damn. So I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to to Mania. Uh, I think the card looks fun. I think that Seth and Logan Paul will make a great match. Yeah. It'll be exciting. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm sure Miz will get involved. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to see what happens with the IC. I honestly don't foresee them taking the IC off of Gunther at Mania, but I think he'll be one of Cody's first challenges Mm -hmm. coming up. Mm-hmm. I think Cody has got a train in the wings. I think he's got, well, I'm sure we'll have a couple of rematches with Roman. Um, but I've got, I, I think maybe not immediately. Maybe Roman disappears for a while. I think he should. If he loses and comes back pissed off. Um, he's got, I'm sure he's got a train in the, in the wings, Seth, maybe Sammy, maybe KO, you know, He's he's gonna have his own nice little gauntlet of people waiting in the rings. The I wings think once Reigns is gone, the the Sammy thing could be something if they do it. That could be like a SummerSlam, maybe, mm-hmm. and it'd be a great match. I think they gotta, you know, bite on that one while they can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. and I can't I can't end wrestling talk without talking about Monet that is happening in NJP right now. Sasha yeah. Monet, yeah, baby. Killing it, looking great, having fun. The champ now. The smile is back on her face. She's doing great stuff. Congratulations to Sasha. That is fantastic. She deserves it. Uh, Now I hope we see Naomi back soon. Yeah. Yeah, because they were fantastic. Very happy with what's happening in wrestling compared to, you know, a year and a half ago, we would have said this stuff sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Before we take a break. A couple of new things happening, uh, staying busy, trying to have some YouTube content constantly happening. Uh, one of those things is 30 and nerdy plays. Uh, and right now I'm about to finish up my playthrough of Alan Wake. That's on YouTube. Going to jump into the Outlast games next. Some horror. I'm playing so, Arkham Knight for about the eighth time in my life now. So still on my Batman kick. Uh, it's not a bad kick to be on. Not at all. And speaking of, of games, did you see where... Uh, before we go to a break here, Suicide Squad, uh, you will need an internet connection to play single player. What? Yeah. The new what? Suicide Squad game, you have to be on the internet to play campaign solo player. Oh, no. Yeah. I think it's going to hurt. Mean, I think it's going to hurt sales because, you know, yeah. There are some people who are still to this day playing with no internet. They just play Lots games. Lots of people. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah a lot of people. Like just internet connection, not necessarily like a gold. Yes, it says uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League requires internet connection for single player. An internet connection is required to play Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League solo or via online co-op. The official Q&A page for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is now up at IGN.com. So just to play your normal campaign, which is what most people do when they first get a game. Mm-hmm. play that storyline this game is going to require internet i wonder why i wonder if there's like this database that's updating it'd have to be right or maybe the game changes every now and then maybe they throw new things in or constant 
kind of like Fortnite does. Hmm. Could be, could be. It'd be interesting. But we're really excited. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we are having a, a haunting little sit down with the in-between paranormal. And I'm very excited. I know Josh is very excited to talk about the paranormal. Yeah. Because he just loves the afterlife and the thought of seeing ghosts and ghouls and demons and stuff like that. He loves it. Yeah. So he's Can't very wait. excited. We will talk to them when 30 Nerdy Podcast returns. <laughs> 30 and Nerdy Podcast is brought to you by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Established in the summer of 2015, Tennessee Legend Distillery is more than just another moonshine stop in the Smoky Mountains. From our multi-award winning silky smooth salted caramel whiskey to our king snake two-year-old bourbon whiskey, our local favorite vodka, and even our legendary line of cream liqueurs, there is something for everyone. Focusing on a small town vibe, our family and friend owned and operated business has kept us grounded to the heritage of the volunteer state with our fun, courteous, and smiling staff. Come in for free tastings and leave with your spirit of choice, whether it be Richard's Damn Good Gin or the legendary Hammershine. You can find us on social media by searching Tennessee Legend Distillery, where you can see behind the scenes features new deals, and are always fan-favorite Thirsty Thursday cocktail recipes. Now we do have two locations here in Sevierville, one on Highway 66, one on Newport Highway. We also have locations in Cookville and Nashville. If you do visit our Sevierville location located at 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway, tell them the guys at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. You'll receive a free shot glass, and 15% off your purchase. What are you waiting for? Come be a legend at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Cheers to you, nerds. Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where each week the drunk guys tackle a famous book while drinking craft beer matching the book characters or themes. Such as, The Devil Made Me Do It, while reading The Scarlet Letter, or Dissenter, while reading 1984. And you'll just have to tune in to find out what went along with Fifty Shades of Grey. But you'll definitely want to find out. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. Rolling out, no worries, no cares. When the car came out of nowhere. That's when my whole world changed. Pills for the pain, medical bills insane. Lucky for me, I dialed OEB. Boom! Turn your wreck into a check. The ones for you now call OEB Law. Boom! Turn your wreck into a check, we got your back now, call OEB Law Woke up all broke up and messed up Laying there in pain as if it wasn't bad enough Couldn't work much and the bills were piling up Insurance company wasn't paying up I was down, I was out, but I wasn't quite done Call 546-1111 You're in pain, yeah we got you You can't pay, yeah we got you too Boom! Turn your wreck into a check, the ones for you now call OEB Law, boom Turn your wreck into a check, we got your back now call OEB Law, boom Turn your wreck into a check, we got your back now call OEB Law Hi, I'm Devony Pin, and you are listening to 30 and Nerdy Podcast
Welcome back, nerds and nerdettes, and we are extremely excited. Well, I'm extremely excited to be joined by the in-between uh, paranormal group, uh, and we have uh, Lauren here with us from the group. Uh, Lauren, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I am very excited. So <laughs> uh, uh, I've just uh, been looking forward to this all day. Josh, how are you? It is lovely to meet you, Lauren, but I am <clears throat> not not a fan of, of ghost hunting and paranormal things and whatnot. It uh, makes me a little uneasy. Mm. So but I'm, I am looking forward to the uh, conversation that we're about to have. Oh, I hope it's somewhat educational and not as scary as you I'm might. I'm I'm wondering if uh, I can sleep with the lights on tonight here at home. So. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. You might want to. No. We'll see what happens. I guess it depends on if uh she channels anything and it comes through because they can do that. They can come through. So yeah, they can. So that'll be, that would also that would be awesome and great. <laughs> so great. I mean, in my opinion, I think it'd be fantastic. But uh so let's start off by introducing yourself and kind of telling us uh a little bit about how you discovered the paranormal world. I'm Lauren. I am the founder and I'm the psychic medium for the in-between paranormal. And the way that I entered the paranormal was from birth, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, paranormal has always been around me and I've always kind of followed it. It's been there since birth and come to find out later in life, it's been through my matrilineal line with some of my abilities. So it's kind of just hopped around the family through generations really yeah so that's that's been fun discovering all that information out um, so, so did your your mother have... my mother had some abilities what what it looks like happened was it skip kind of skipped a lot of her generation she could see auras and she could sense ghosts, but she couldn't see them. She couldn't talk to them. She couldn't talk to other entities. Uh, she couldn't help cross over and do any of that. But my grandmother could, but my grandmother didn't realize that's what she was until she was 85. So I kind of taught her how to do it. <laughs> her mom was able to. Was she, your grandmother, was she kind of resistant to it or just was confused about it or what? She didn't really understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. She would be, okay, so my grandmother was one of these individuals that, and I don't know how people function like this, only slept four hours a day. <laughs> okay. okay. I don't see how they function, but so she had a lot of quiet time to herself and she would do some meditation and things like that. And during these meditations, she would always find people and entities around her. Mm. But she didn't understand what was going on. I started the conversation because growing up, I had things go on that I really needed some guidance. But my mother, I'll, I'll put it gently, kind of gaslit me. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because of my abilities and because she was... She didn't want to discuss the fact that I might be, I might have more abilities than her and that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't willing to help me out. 
So as I got older and started realizing what I was, I wasn't evil, all this other stuff that most of us go through. Yeah. Um, she kind of started opening the conversation up and started discussing some of the things that my grandmother had seen or had witnessed. And I just kind of skipped over my mom completely mm. and wanted to go talk to my grandmother. And that's when we had the dialogue that maybe what you're seeking are actually these individuals that are coming to you for help. Maybe because that you can actually cross them over. And the more that we talked, the more that I realized that she was a mirror image of me and abilities. Mm. So I taught her how to cross over spirits and how to um, get rid of some of the nastier stuff that was around her. Because we're magnets for mm -hmm. much everything. Can you explain what, what you mean by help cross over? What, what does that mean? That means um, there are some... Okay. There are some spirits out there or ghosts that when a person dies, they don't immediately get the opportunity to cross over. Mm. They're um, either too stuck in the fact that they have things that they're that are unfinished, they have mm -hmm. things that they still need to talk to. Um, the death itself was so traumatic that they didn't even have time to process. They just basically get shot out of their body mm -hmm. and they have no idea that they're dead. Um, there's times that, um, and I've been dealing with a lot of, um, ghosts in this sense, there's times that they're, um, murdered. Yes. And they don't understand that one, they're dead or two, they really want someone to know who did it, what happened and how, you know, what needs to be done to help them cross over. Sometimes it's just talking to the family itself mm -hmm. in order for them to cross over. And sometimes it's just, you know, for one family member to find out, oh, he really did do this to her. Mm -hmm. This is the pathway we need to pursue. And that helps them cross over. There's a lot of, lot of things out there that keeps. They want like a, they want justice. They want a sense of justice. Exactly. Yeah. It's resolution, more mm -hmm. or less. Pretty much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Pretty much. Um, sometimes, and I'm thinking about one particular investigation we did. Sometimes it's because they're afraid of crossing over. Um, they weren't a very good person mm -hmm. in life. Mm -hmm. And they're afraid of what's on the other side. So they just stick around. Sometimes they have rights to be scared of what's on the other side. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes yeah. once they cross over, they're judged. Yeah. They're immediately judged. And in one case in particular that we dealt with, he was afraid of crossing over, but he also was afraid of giving up control of the other ghosts in the house mm. that he had a hand in an aliving to. Oof. He still liked having that control. So there's tons of reasons why they don't cross, but yeah. So when I say crossing over, it's basically opening. Well, what I do is open a window or a door ethereally mm. and have an archangel or one of their spirit guides or one of their relatives come through 
and basically hold their hand and help them cross over. And sometimes I do that from um, if the location has a lot of ghosts that need crossover. Sometimes I do a mass crossing. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had it just like go awry and then just be like, mm, actually, no. Um, a few weeks ago, it wasn't awry. Um, it was, it felt, we found out this location that was being, that, um, had been owned by this particular owner for, I guess, 15 years at this point is falling apart is decrepit. They're the roofs caving in the floors are just awful. Um, so the owner told us that they were thinking about either selling mm. or demolishing it. Which so, stirs up activity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we went in there, um, I have a previous relationship with most of the entities and ghosts there. When we went in there, it was immediate, help us, help us. We know what's going on. Something's going on. We need help. Mm-hmm. And then the other half were, we don't really want help. We don't really want to cross over, but we don't mind going home with you. <laughs> Attachments. Yeah. Exactly. So okay. those that I could help, I crossed over and those that tried to jump and attach, they got kicked off when we did our clearing. At our mm. mm-hmm. Which they weren't too happy about that, but cause, cause it's smart to do that to basically right. kind of like, which is something I've never played with. You know, they always say to close the door if you're playing with a, with a talking board. Exactly. When did you start investigating? Like at what age did you start diving into that aspect? Um, 19 and I'm 41 now. So (laughs) I've been in the game for a while to me. I felt like I had to dive into the investigation realm of it because I felt that yes, I can help the living and I can help the dead. I can do the mediumship thing and do readings. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I felt that I could provide more help out in the field by being in the investigation, picking up on something, having the evidence back me up or me back up the evidence mm-hmm. and also provide the help to those souls that need it. So have you been contacted by like the uh, police to come help with things or... Yes. Wow. Yes. And some of those cases are very hard to deal with. At first I started helping out anonymously, but somehow the government found me. (laughs) Oh, they do that. Funny funny how they do that. Since then, every once in a while, they'll have a case that they'll just send me and say, Hey, can you pick up on anything? Last year, they didn't send me the case, but I was there in full channel mode when um the girl who was harmed and unalived at that particular moment came to me and i started channeling her and it just happened to be that there were state troopers around who were taking notes <laughs> at that gotcha. particular moment. so yeah they're still trying to find her husband mm. he's on the run now but I, I like helping, but there are some of those cases that are just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And a lot of mediums are empathic. So we're also empathing all these emotions coming from the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're seeing what happened to them. And it's, um, 
I will be honest, there should be a therapy support system for mediums with some of the stuff that we see. Well, yeah. and you also empath the living, so you're exhausted constantly. All the so time. So you're always feeling things. All the time. So I'm like, I, as we said, like I'm not. It's not that I'm not interested in this stuff. I think it's fascinating. It terrifies me. <laughs> I've always been really jittery about this stuff, and I've had my own experiences or, or whatever where I've, you know, and even even, you know, with Tyler here um, at at his house, I've had weird feelings before and seen weird things and all that. Um, but I've never like studied it, researched it or whatever, but I have seen like a few different clips from like, you know, the famous mediums on TV, like the long Island medium and stuff. And she's talked about like when she was a little girl alone in her bedroom, in her bed, just being surrounded by strangers, these weird entities and voices and stuff like that. Is that something that you experienced as a little girl? Or I, now? In hindsight, yes. But when you're in it, you don't really realize that's what's happening. Right. Because when you're at that young age, you think everyone's experiencing it. Uh, and then you find out later, uh, no, you're just the freak. No. Uh, um, <laughs> no, it's just unique to you or unique to you and your family. For me, in hindsight, I had two invisible friends growing mm. up. Mm. But the thing is, looking back, one was a little African-American child from the 1940s. That's how he was dressed. I never got to know his name. I just called him boy. And then the girl that was with him was from the 1960s. And I called her girl. Mm -hmm. And we moved. And they didn't move with us. Oof. And that kind of gave me more of a, well, maybe they weren't so invisible. Maybe there was something else to mm. them. And it was more of a, they, they were with the house. Um, I think they were with our neighborhood because they never really came in our house. They were always outside ready to play. Wow. And so I was always outside playing with boy and girl. But they never came in the house. Hmm. The only time that I really knew that I was dealing with a dead person was my grandfather. And I think it was four, four and a half. And I remember um, the day he died, he had lung cancer that metastasized to his brain. I remember the day he died. I remember the hearse showing up. I remember them wheeling him out with the sheet over him. And I remember the funeral. I understood he was dead. But three weeks later, I'm walking by his room, and there he is on his bed, wanting to play the game that we used to play. Awesome. The one who didn't understand I was playing with Grandpa was my dad, who came at, I guess it was the right time. To him, it was the wrong time. Because mm -hmm. he witnessed something fly off the bed. We were playing ants in the pants. I don't know if you guys... Yeah. So my grandfather oh. was the yellow ants. And he had his on the bed. I was on the floor. I was nowhere near him. My father witnessed a yellow ant being shot at the pants. Bucket. Jeez. Yeah. My dad didn't know what to think about that one. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that if Josh's daughter ever starts doing that stuff, then he'll he'll leave. <laughs> We're moving. <laughs> We're moving. We're out of here. But I knew he was gone. I knew he was dead. It's just. Mm -hmm. 
the rest of everything else, it was harder to process because I thought everybody mm. dealt with it. You just thought that that everyone walking around sees dead people. Yeah, pretty much. And communicates with them and they're just they're there. Pretty much. And then and then you had to go through the semi trauma of realizing that there's there's you're in a smaller pool than you thought. Yeah. And it's a different mm-hmm. world. It's it's different. Do you get scared any? I used to. Um see it for me it was a little bit more traumatic than a lot of others mm-hmm. growing up with it um at seven years old and you're not knowing what you are and you move into a house that didn't seem haunted when you got there you didn't see any dead people or anything and then you have this seven foot plus entity that stands in the corner of your bedroom staring you down every night yeah no thank you you might want to close your ears for this <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it that became a very bad situation that I dealt with for eleven years. God. And it was demonic. And it was not in the possessed phase, but we were getting into the oppressed obsessed. Oppression, yeah. And I attended Catholic Church in Catholic school. Okay. So I grew, I grew up in a Catholic church. So senior retreat, we uh, didn't matter what your denomination you were, you had to go to confession on your senior retreat. So senior retreat, I told our priests, who were also our theology teacher, yay, um, everything. And didn't realize that one of our theology teachers and priests were was the diocesan exorcist. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Fun times. <laughs> and so I uh, remember him going to getting our other theology teacher because we had two. Our class was mm-hmm. horrible. So they had to have two to tag team our class. I The last thing I remember is something being recited in Latin and then waking or I guess waking up and being handed a glass of water, which I now believe wholeheartedly was holy water but i know for a fact it wasn't a sanctioned exorcism it was just one of those i can't remember what they're called but a miniature exorcism yeah yeah because it's it's kind of frowned upon it's a frowned upon art uh especially in um like our uh diocese here it's definitely very frowned upon because you know this is the the small south this is you know small town catholic and and that's you know we don't that's that's a, a taboo way of life having to do exorcisms exorcisms most, most things are taboo here yes yes oh. seen as taboo so uh yeah I grew up in crazy. a very small town in texas so it was even you more get it so. you get it but the cool thing that came out of that experience and everybody asked what does it feel like it feels like you're unburdened you're dizzy mm. you're lightheaded you're serene but the thing is, they're not getting rid of them. And this is what he told me. We're not actually getting rid of them. We are casting them aside, not outside. Aside. Uh. So we're detaching them, but they're not gone. It is up to the person who's been victimized to make the decisions to fully and completely get rid of them. Ignore them, basically. Make the right decisions do that but they're just mm-hmm. being casted aside 
But because of that experience, he's given me so much more information than I've ever wanted mm -hmm. to know about exorcisms and the demonic. And he's become a teacher of sorts to me. That time period was scary. Um, since then, I haven't been too scared of the dead or entities. It's more of the living mm. that scares me. And that's mainly because you go into a situation and you put your trust in your team or the people that you're with on an investigation. Mm -hmm. But the thing is you can't predict exactly what they're going to do. There have been times that I've gone into a situation full and complete trust and had someone that started provoking, which changes the energy dynamics, yeah. make the whole entire situation. Um, I, I, I would watch stuff with uh, Chip Coffee, the median, and he would always say like, I, I'm fine with them maybe provoking a little bit if I am aware that one, it's coming and two, it's going to be, how did he word it? Clean provoking. There is no clean. Provoking. Yeah. And so he was like, cause what they don't understand is it affects me as well. Cause the second they start acting up, I feel all that anger and rage and stuff. So he, he is, he is very adamant about like, you're going to have to let me know because <laughs> you can't just spring it on me right. pretty much. Back in September, we had an investigation at what I would consider to be a demonic house. We had invited a news crew in. Mm. And weeks before then, we told them, this is what our team does. This is what we expect out of the news crew. We do not provoke. The moment provoking is thought of, they need to leave. Mm -hmm. Well, we started out doing the Estes method. Which very fun in that situation. Actually, it was fun until. And the Estes method is basically you have noise canceling headphones, you're plugged into a spirit box, you're blindfolded, while someone else in the room or in a room away from you is asking questions. You're basically repeating the answers coming out of the spirit box. Mm -hmm. I think we got through about 30 minutes and everything was fine. Everything was just I'm going to say equilibrium for the house. Okay. Then the news crew started asking questions. And that's when I started feeling the energy change and I had to stop for a second and go, hold on, who's provoking? Mm -hmm. When the main person said it was me, well, you need to leave. I don't think we're going to leave. And he came to provoke. So I'm Ooh. under the Estes method and he's provoking and I'm going, this is going to go one of two ways. First, he's going to be probably aggressively attacked slap. I felt that one coming. I felt the entity. I could see the entity. He's going to go over there and just slap him. But something in the house pulled that entity back and just the energy, everything just died down. Like another entity. Yeah. Okay. Wow. It stopped. Like wrangled him. Exactly. Almost like, hey, calm down. He doesn't mean anything by it. He doesn't understand. Just chill out. That kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Although I was kind of rooting for the slap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I feel like there should have been a little bit of a punishment in that session. Yeah. Well, and like no disrespect to the, the person on the news crew, but like there's this willing ignorance going into this world that you don't know. And, and really it kind of shows this at the end of the day, uh, there was no respect. He had no respect, not just for the entities, but for the, that, for your all's crew, f- for your line of work, things like that. So uh, ignorance usually uh, gets you slapped. Exactly. Pretty much. Um, yeah. Not saying that I didn't think about it myself. Yeah. Because he just kept, kept going. Um, so after they left, our team took about 30 minutes to talk to the whole house and to all the entities and ghosts there and say, hey, we apologize for their behavior. Mm-hmm. And we apologize for any behavior that we've displayed that was uncalled for. You guys deserve more respect. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you guys are. If you guys are dark or light, I don't care. But everybody in this situation deserves respect. And as soon as we did it, the activity picked back up. Kind of like there was an understanding. Right. We're like, all right, it's not all their faults. So we're not going to blame all of them. Right. So it, it, like I said, it's more the living that I get scared of mm-hmm. than the dead or other entities. Well, piggybacking off of that, you recently shared a video on your Instagram about para unity. Yes. Can you speak to that a little bit? Um, our team believes that in order for this field to gain any traction whatsoever, we need to start working with each other Mm -hmm. instead of against each other. If this field is going to be considered a science, we need to be able to talk to other teams, Mm -hmm. work with other teams, share ideas and experiments and be able to learn from each other they right now in fact probably within the next few days you're going to see a lot of barbs being thrown at some of the more famous famous um reality paranormal shows exact in them yes because some of them got canceled mm-hmm. and are on the chopping block that's the type of stuff that we deal with all the time, not just the famous. It's everywhere in the paranormal field. Mm-hmm. Teams are always throwing barbs at each other. And we have poised ourselves as we want to network with everybody mm-hmm. that we can. Yeah. We want to be friends with everybody that we can. We want to talk. We want to teach. We want to learn. We want to try some of these experiments that haven't been done in 50 years. But in order to do so, we've got to start talking. We've got to start having those hard conversations. We've got to start apologizing to each other. We've got to be able to actually be a community. Mm. Why do you think there is this dissension or or tension or whatever you want to you want to call it um, <laughs> there's ego pettiness i mean ego. No, there's a lot of ego there's a lot of narcissism in the field 
there's a lot of, oh, we have a hundred thousand followers. We're better than you. Mm. There's teens out there go, Hey, we were able to catch this evidence. We're better than you. Mm -hmm. There are teams out there that are faking evidence left and right, mm. gaining followers, gaining lots of notoriety that are also saying we're better than you. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of ego and these egos are trying to play it up because they want to be on TV. Mm -hmm. They want to be famous. <clears throat> and we look at it as if you're in the field to do that as your first goal, goal mm -hmm. in general, then you probably shouldn't be in the field. That's not what we're here for. Mm -hmm. We're here to prove there's life after death. We're here to prove that ghosts and entities and cryptids and aliens and whatever you call it mm -hmm. are out there. Our first goal is not to get on TV and be famous. Yeah. We're here to help others. Mm -hmm. I like that. Cause it's, it's the, the field is kind of for, for the mainstream eye. Um, like if you equate it to, uh, a, another aspect of nerd culture today, like the MCU, it's mm -hmm. big, it's, it's bright. And then you have like the people who've been reading it since their childhood and all that. And then you have like, Oh, I just watched the MCU. It's big. It's bright. It's the best thing that's going on. And they kind of start to give that like negative narrative to like, you know, like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. It's, well, you, you know, that first Hulk movie was terrible, but oh, the MC, you know, and it can happen like in, in other aspects of, of really whatever field you're talking about. So those people are kind of louder. Right. Because they do have. 106,000 followers on their Instagram. Uh, so they have, you know, a bigger microphone. Exactly. But I've always been a firm believer that the size of the microphone uh, doesn't really matter. It's the quality of the, the speech, the quality of what's being spoken. So That's exactly true. Truth will out, as they say. And that's, that's also the thing about the paranormal field is because of those with the bigger following and the louder mics there's it the visualization of what the paranormal field versus the visualization of what they think it is mm -hmm. are two separate things mm -hmm. you're not always going to be action 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 getting the evidence even though we get a lot of evidence, there are times that we go for one or two hours straight, twiddling our thumbs, telling each other jokes. Sometimes it's the comedy hour. <laughs> it's dead. We don't get anything. It's mm. not constant, oh, run, or dude, did you hear that? Yeah. That, that kind of leads me into a question I wanted to ask. So <clears throat> I don't know how this stuff works, obviously, but in what I have seen on television and stuff the mediums talk about like you can't just sit down with a person and then say oh can you reach out to my you know my 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 grandfather can you reach out to this person that's not how it works it's more of 
they have to come to you and say, hey, I want to talk to this person that you're with. Is that right? Sort of. Or um, so I work a lot differently. Um, Mm -hmm. I 100 percent believe consent on all sides. Right. I want consent from the person that wants a reading. And I want to know that there is consent from the person on the other side that wants to come forward. Sometimes they don't want to talk, Mm -hmm. which I don't blame them. (laughs) Okay. Um, If I'm dead and I wanted, I'm off, I I too would want to keep coming back and talking. Yeah. Um, And that works for other entities as well. Consent on all levels on all sides and it also helps and here's another reason why i'm a little bit different is when a person dies they have a process when they're crossing over to go through Mm -hmm. it's not like automatically they cross over and they're 100 better and they can do this and do that and they're talking to people and they're they have a process they have free will is very much a part of the other side they can choose what they want to do they can choose whether to reincarnate they can choose whether to spirit guide they can choose whether or not they just want to set this next life out i don't blame them retirement <laughs> looks pretty good to yeah. me at that point yeah uh or they can just say i don't want to come back ever there's processes. They also, for some of the ones that have Alzheimer's, brain trauma, there's a process for them to go through, which is gathering all their energy and all their pieces back to them once they cross over. They're not automatically all together. Mm-hmm. So when a person dies and their living lumped one comes forward and says, hey, I want a reading, I usually tell them, let's wait a year. One, I want the dead to go through what they need to go through. Mm -hmm. And two, I want you as the living person, the one that's still there to go through the processes of grief or at least start. I don't want to do a reading that's going to put you behind in your processing or keep you stuck in this one particular level or processing your grief or never start. And so it would interfere is what you're saying, right? It interferes. And I'd like to see some healing done with the living. Mm -hmm. You need to start healing. Yeah. And three days later after grandma dies, that's not starting to heal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's just holding on. Yeah. So I tell my clients at the least I'll do nine months because I still want you to still try and go through those processes at the most a year, but you have to give both sides some time to adjust. So if you're in like a big crowded area, like if you went to a concert, and there's hundreds of people around. Is it like constant, hey, 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 like you're feeling and sensing and? Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. It is constant bombardment. 
And do you ever feel this urge to be like, hey, excuse me, you don't know me, but I really need to tell you this. Like, do you ever have that urge, that feeling? I used to, but since dealing with the ethics and consent, mm-hmm. I've learned to pull it back. And I kind of look at it like if a message needs to be given, at some point we will cross paths again and that message will be given. Mm. But if they're in, we'll say concert mode, if they're in full concert mode, yeah. they're not going to want to know what their sister Louise wants to tell them at that right, point. Right, of course, they're yeah. They're yeah, sure. out to like Dwight Yoakam or someone like that. <laughs> yeah. Dwight Yoakam. <laughs> of all the people we could pick. Yeah. <laughs> Dwight Yoakam. Good choice. Uh, I have to say that I, I, I highly respect that because you don't hear enough about that, um, especially in the mainstream paranormal world, just that respective consent for both the living and the dead. And, and no one ever thinks about consent for the dead because they're gone and they're dead. Yeah. So, you know, the most we think of is don't, well, don't speak ill of the dead or don't walk on their grave, but no one really thinks beyond that as like, there is a a respect. I'd never thought about it that way before. I'm also looking at it from the perspective of if they were still alive, how would they want to be treated? Mm. Yeah. I wouldn't walk into somebody's house as a stranger and start being rude as can be, mm-hmm. I would show manners and I would ask them questions. Um, there's investigations where we've gone in, be- well, before we've gone in and we've actually asked what seems to be an empty house for most people, asked if we can come in and enjoy their company. It's called respect and consent. You mm-hmm. have to have those in place to be able to establish some sort of relationship so many of these um ghosts that we're dealing with are and and i'm talking pre-2000 have been raised with they were raised as living beings with these manners with these rules with these polite um little intricacies Mm-hmm. We need to start putting those back into the investigation too. Treat them as they were living. Mm-hmm. I like that. So this is kind of a two-parter. Um, what is some advice you would give to a uh, someone who may be young and realizing that they are special and they are gifted with these abilities and going through it? and be curious in the investigative aspects of the world. So first, what, what are some, some advice you would give to someone discovering their abilities? Um, first, I would try and do as much research as you can possibly do and narrow down what you're experiencing. Um, Everyone has abilities. Everyone has them. Some of them are just more awakened from the beginning. Some of them get latent awakenings. Mm -hmm. If they're early enough, 
most likely they'll probably have a relative that has the abilities that they can talk to. If they can't, then they need to do some research about what they're experiencing ability-wise. And then I would look for metaphysical shots, um, local practitioners, and start seeing if you can't start learning from them, become mm -hmm. an apprentice, or see if they can help you learn how to control what's going on. Um, and learn the basics, grounding, learn how to ground yourself mm. and learn how to shield. Grounding helps you, um, become more stable emotionally, and it can help you <laughs> when you're experiencing some heightened emotions, you can send some of those emotions down into the earth and just say, Hey, those aren't mine. We're getting rid of them. I'm calm, cool, collected. <laughs> which helps out for 99% of life situations. Mm -hmm. And then shielding helps with those who are more empathic. You learn how to shield. You don't absorb everybody's emotions. You learn how to identify what's your emotion versus everyone else's. Mm. That's a hard thing for a lot of people to understand is we don't always know what we're feeling because we're feeling everybody else's. So if you're shielding, you'll learn what's yours and what's not. And it also helps being protected in regards to entities and ghosts. Yeah. If you're shielded, yeah, you'll still have some interactions, but they're not going to auto automatically want to be drawn to you all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like you're the brightest flame in the darkest room. Wow. So that shielding is more like becoming like the oil, the old oil lamps that have the cover, mm -hmm. still the flame in the darkest room, but you actually have something between you and everything else. Um, great I've, metaphor. I've worked on that one for a while. <laughs> it's hard to describe what it feels like. So yeah, those are the top pieces. And once you find out what you are and what you should be studying, then you can kind of play around with it. Mm -hmm. um, do your own little exercises, practice what you want. Um, branch out into some of the nichier parts of your abilities and have fun mm -hmm. with it. Some people are just more generalized. Mm -hmm. like, I'm a psychic medium. What does that mean? Well, I can tell the future and I deal with the dead. Great. That's great. Different types of psychics, and there's different types of mediums. You can go specialized, just like any other science. Like a surgeon isn't just a surgeon, right? They have specialties, right? Wow, psychic mediums can too. Um, for instance, I'm even though that the team wants me to do this other thing, I'm a channel psychic and a vocal psychic medium. I can channel other entities. I can give messages. I can do that type of thing, but I'm also able to allow an entity get close enough to me where I'm shielded and protected, but they can use my vocal box. To just like messages. a spirit, just like a spirit box. Kind of pretty much. Oh, mm. yeah. <laughs> and I might be trying to branch out into physical mediumship, which is, uh, they take over your whole body. 
No. Where we, um, where you can read, okay, this one's a little harder to explain. Um, do some research on spiritualism and ectoplasm. You can produce ectoplasm, or if you're really good, and like I said, I've got another psychic medium who wants to try this with me, so we'll see what this does. Uh, you can produce actual objects out of your body, um, out of your mouth, usually like little small figures or coins or things like that from sessions. But but why though? Like I'm also a massive uh, fan of, and you can tell me if this is if this is actually real lore, uh, uh, the show Supernatural, um, yeah. ghost sickness. There's an episode where Dean is haunted. He's got ghost sickness, and he starts to produce throwing up wood chips and what it is is it's the entity trying to tell him this is how i died uh the movie star of the movie star of echoes with kevin bacon uh he starts going through physical things like pulling the the girl's hair out of his mouth losing his tooth but it's not his right it's hers uh is that also a a road that that can kind of that's part of physical mediumship too. Um, and I have touched upon it once and it was with a drowning victim and it was water like oh, water coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It was nasty. That it's alone. Just, that, like I said, I've only touched upon it once and once was enough for me for mm. until now, since my other friend wants to mm. try the scold experiments, um, S-K-O-L-D-E. If you want to YouTube it, you can okay. know what that is. And it's pretty much physical mediumship where they're producing actual objects out of their mouth as um, hard evidence that you are channeling the specific entity or being that's attached to those objects. I don't know if I want to go there just yet. I'm still dealing with the vocal channeling and mm. vocal channeling is almost like a loss of control and it's allowing another entity to basically put you in the passenger seat for a little bit while they're using your vo- vocal box. You have to be like, okay, go ahead. It's, it's okay to do it. Right. I have to, basically, <clears throat> I have to vet the entity that wants to do it. I do not allow dark entities to do it whatsoever. I usually allow archangels. I'm fine with archangels, seraphim, anything light beinging. Mm-hmm. Darker beings, no. What about some advice for someone wanting to get into paranormal investigating? To get into paranormal investigating, definitely do your research on, if you're looking at local teams, make sure you're researching who they are, what they represent, if they align with your beliefs. Make sure that they're not on someone's hit list, in other words. They're not being bad-mouthed about. They're not, they're reputable. Make Mm. sure they're reputable. And remember that, yes, you're going into the investigative field. Yes, you're going to be learning a lot of things. But what makes an investigation fun and enjoyable is if you put your own spin on it. You have to learn to maintain and be yourself. Mm. You cannot allow others to always tell you this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. You're doing it wrong. 
this isn't a science yet. Mm. Now, it could have been way back in the early, late 1800s, early 1900s, when Marie Curie's husband was trying to make it a science, okay? Mm-hmm. But it's not. He severely failed. It's yeah. not a science. So you can go in and put your own spin on things. If you want to combine spiritual and scientific methods, go for it. There's mm. nothing wrong with it. You just want to be spiritual, go for it. Nothing wrong with it. You're not doing anything wrong. And don't allow other teams to tell you, I don't like the way that you copy EVP. That is completely wrong. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You're still using the equipment, mm-hmm. still captured it. You're still going to analyze it like you should. It's how you want to capture it. If you want to think outside the box, go for it. Mm-hmm. Some of the best teams out there do. And that's what I love about the team we have. We are always thinking outside the box mm-hmm. and have fun. You've got to have fun with it. Like I said, it's not going to be a thrill a minute. So there's going to be times you're going to have to invent ways to have fun. This is so, all of this is so like scary to me. It's, it's really scary to me, but it's also fascinating at the same time. And so I've like, I've always wondered things like this. Like you hear people say things like, oh, you know, they're still with you or they're watching over you. They're, they're with you, you know? And you just always take that as like, yeah, it's a metaphorical thing. But do you feel like there's truth to that? Like, does every person have, you know, these entities with them that sort of latch onto them and go with them? You know, a loved one that, that, you know, was was with them in life and now they're gone? Or is it only certain people? Like, Sometimes they do. Because I imagine like with me, knowing that I am so about it, I feel like anyone who loved me in life and is now gone might be like, well, I don't want to freak him out. So I'm not going to hang around, you know, that kind of thing. I can tell you when I die, I'm haunting the hell out of you. I know you will, but like, (laughs) and I'm investigating it. Yeah. But like, if I knew, like I would want to know, and I would, I would want to communicate even though I would be really freaked out. Like, cause these are people that I, that I loved and I know that they would never, you know, want any, ill will or anything like that towards me but i mean i just wonder like is that a thing like you walk down the street you know we already talked about if you're at a concert and you know you're just hearing and seeing all over the place but like walking by someone on the street oh yeah there's you know uncle joe hanging out with this guy there's so-and-so with this person you know what i mean if they crossed over most of the time they're just popping in just to say hey i'm here just checking in on you kiddo seeing if you're up to good up to bad (laughs) you know just checking in yeah um sometimes if they're not crossed over they stick around and they're a constant present in their loved one's lives which also makes it a little bit hard because a lot of times the loved one they'll the one that's still alive will know that they have a relative that's still with them mm. all times. Because you grew up with a, a, an impression they leave, like right. while they're in the room. So even if they are gone and dead, 
that presence, that impression, like kind of feels like my grandfather's sitting here. Like you smell, like if my grandfather were sitting here right now in his spirit form, I would smell English leather cologne and chewing tobacco. I I would imagine because that's, that was his smell. That's what he smelled like. Well, sometimes the ones who pop in usually do that just to say, Hey, I'm here. Hmm. Um, What's up? It's your old grandma or grandpa. Yeah. But the ones that are more present and haven't crossed over, there's usually a reason why they haven't crossed over and there's usually a reason why they're still around you. And it's most likely because they're concerned about something going on in your life and they want to make sure that you're okay before they even attempt to cross over. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother-in-law's father was that way and he didn't cross over for a good six months but he wanted to make sure that she was okay that she was not um, that she could actually start the grieving process and wasn't going to be um, stuck in the past of memories with him that she was actually going to be able to move forward and i actually helped him cross over I also helped her cross over a few months ago. But yeah, like most of the time, loved ones are just popping in. Sometimes you'll smell baked cookies. Oh, that was, you know, Mm -hmm. Aunt Gretchen Baker. See, I've never, I can't say that I've ever experienced anything like that where I felt like, I mean, I've only had things like, I had an uncle who passed away um, eight or nine years ago and right after his funeral, like a certain song came on and I had that feeling of like, huh, you know, this is perfect. This is like, I feel like this is him saying it's okay. Cause I had a hard time with it. I feel like this was him saying it's okay. And I thought, you know, maybe it's just coincidence or whatever, but that's the only time I've ever felt anything like that. Well, to be honest with you, you have an older woman with you right now. Oh, geez. No, it's nothing. She seems kind of, but like what she's presenting is she doesn't want to freak you out. She's there. She pops in. She sees you. But she doesn't want you to be freaked out. I have a feeling that you do feel a lot more than you let on. I think that's why she doesn't want to push too hard with you. If it's anyone, it's got to be my grandmother. That's what I'm getting because I was, you're not supposed to have favorites, but I was her favorite grandchild. Yeah, she's she's smiling from ear to ear on that one. Yeah. But she's trying not to be so interact. Like, she, I really want to say she wants to hug you. Like she really <sighs> wants to hug you. But she's trying she not would. to be as interactive because she knows how hinky, there's a southern word for you, how hinky you are on this subject and around spirits and ghosts. I was always a very nervous child. So (laughs) if it's her, she would know that. It's kind of like, I want to hug you, but I'm trying to- Do you, so like, do you see like a physical? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And she's around you. She's not always around you, but I do feel she pops in quite a bit. She would. I mean, she would, if any, 
one were to do that. Like it would either be my dad who was very young when he passed and we never got to say goodbye or anything like that, but we weren't like super, super close, but I know he loved me a lot. So we never had that, but like my grandma, I, I mean, we were, we were tight, you know? Um, and if anyone were to reach out, it would be her for sure. Uh, I keep hearing a bond that can't be broken. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, like she pops in, so don't be freaked out about that. Like I said, she wants to hug you, but she's like, I don't want to, I'm respecting his boundaries right now. <laughs> wow. So. Well, thank you for that. She's good. Thank you for that. She's like a sweet, sweet woman. She was. Make sure everyone's eating. Is everyone fed? Is everyone okay? You know, Mamma's here. I think I would have enjoyed getting to know her. Yeah. That's awesome. That yeah. might explain why you like when we talk about things here on the show like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or, or anything like that. Josh's comment is always like, I feel like if when Gandalf's around, everything's okay. When Obi-Wan's around, that that older, mm-hmm. you know, probably why you feel that way, Josh. Why yeah. you're like, well, that character's around anytime Gandalf's around, nothing yeah. bad can happen. I have that love for like the older, wiser, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, character or person or, or whatever. I've always been drawn to that. And I think that is because of my grandparents. Hmm. Well, she's protective of you yeah oh yeah yeah she was i can see why you would lean towards that yeah wow <laughs> and you know something that might help you a little bit is and a lot of people say this is weird when they do it talk to her you can talk out loud to her you is, don't have to wait for a response just talk to her is there is there a way to know, like, because I don't get that feeling of like, um, you know, okay, to like know, but like, like I said, she, it may take you to a little bit of a time to be able to communicate because like, she's trying to respect you, but I do feel like she wants to wrap you up in a bear hug, like, but she's also respectful. <sighs> <laughs> she doesn't want to freak you out. So, give, me, give me a second, guys. I'm sorry. No, don't. No, please, please don't be sorry. That's, um, it's beautiful. Um, I appreciate it. I, my grandma was a big deal. I mean, she, um, my grandparents had a huge hand in raising me, and um, I, well, she, um, she had, uh, dementia really bad so she didn't know anybody she she didn't recognize anyone or or anything but in her mind it seemed like it was like 20 30 years in the past Mm -hmm. so i would be sitting there with her in the nursing home she had no idea who i was but Mm -hmm. she would look around her and say josh josh come here and sit in memo's lap like i was a little kid running around her you know and that used to be so hard on me to see her like that and I was so sad to see her go, obviously, but also kind of relieved, like, you know, she can, like you were talking earlier about, they collect these things and they, they're made whole again. 
And I sort of got that sense of like, now she can be, mm. you know. And she is. She is 100% herself. And the cool thing is, I have a feeling my grandmother wants to meet her. So I may suggest to my grandmother, <laughs> I think I'm going to be honest with you. I think the two would have a grand old time. <laughs> so yeah. I think we're going to have some friendship going on between the two. She, see, she hmm. seems happy. She, like I said, she just really wants that closeness. <laughs> and she's being respectful. Oh, I would I would never be afraid of. I'd never be afraid of you, Memo. I love you, Memo. Well, thank you for that. Wow. That's that's and I don't I, it doesn't make me feel nervous. You know, it makes me it's it's a relieving sort of feeling to be told all that i feel that whenever you are nervous that she's there like she's johnny on the spot and she would be so i so whenever you feel like a calming energy around you or something just like you go from nervous to calm that's her that's her presence influencing your energy to calm down she's still taking care of you That's awesome. But if you want to establish that communication, just start out slow with her. Just talk to her. And eventually you'll start noticing certain things happening. Um, sounds, smells, songs. Maybe a television show comes on. Maybe something that catches your eye that reminds you of her. That's signs that she's trying to communicate back flowers. The thing, anything that I would associate with her would be like food. She was in the kitchen most of the day because that's what she loved to do. See, I keep feeling like she's going to give you food sense. I want to say sweet, something sweet. Well, they, they always had like candy and cakes and stuff like that. And I would go and, open the little snack cabinet and get what I wanted and zebra cakes and stuff like that. She was always big on that kind of thing. Yeah. I Um, think these are going to be more sweeter smells and I don't know why I keep thinking mashed potatoes. Oh my God. You didn't just say that. Sorry. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she made the best mashed potatoes and like they were homemade and anytime like my mom would make like the potatoes from the packet it's like this isn't like mamaw's potatoes <laughs> wow yeah I keep, i'm sold i'm sold i keep seeing mashed potatoes and i keep smelling them which mm. i'm really craving mashed potatoes now oh <laughs> So if you become friends with my grandmother, I need the recipe because <laughs> I'm smelling them. They had to be divine, by the way. I'm <sighs> so good. There's a reason I was I was a chubby kid in middle school. And that was why. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet Lord. Wow. Just talk to her. 
Holy cow. She's listening. See, I always, I always, my grandfather was the one that I actually, I'd always wanted to talk to. I held his hand when he took his last breath. Right. Mm. And I had such a heart, like it, it really messed me up. That's the first time I'd ever seen someone die, you know, and I was there for it. And I had a hard time with that. I tried to like, I, I didn't process it the right way. And I had like a mental breakdown a few months later. I was just death phobic for a while. And I was just so upset all the time. And, you know, someone had said to me, like, it was it was hard for you, but it was such a big deal for him that you were there mm-hmm. and he knew you were there. And that was a big deal. And I had like after he passed, I had looked up this kind of thing. Like, I want to reach out to a medium. I want to see, like, you know, is, is he OK? And he was a very religious man, you know, and I'm not very religious, but I always wanted to just be like, you know, is he OK? Did, did he know that I was there? Yes. Yeah. But I feel a little hesitation on his part dealing with a medium. Yeah, 100%. He would frown upon it. He would, yeah. What I'm getting is I have a spirit guide that's trying to talk to him. Yeah. It's, there's hesitation, there's reticence. But yeah, he's, he knew you were there. I'm hearing the word special. Um. And I'm seeing walks in nature, walks in the wood, walking. Even I know this story. Oh, it's one of my favorite stories. My grandparents, um, our whole family, like we all sort of lived in the same little area. So I could like cross the road and be at my grandparents' house and then you know up a little ways is the uncle and the cousins but there's on the property acres and acres of woods and my favorite thing to do as a kid was to pick up a stick and go in the woods and walk around and play lightsabers and stuff like that and um i had had a really scary interaction in the woods with some guy that walked up i was sitting on a on an atv and he just sort of said hey what are you doing so I'm waiting on my cousin to come back around because he was cutting, you know, briars out of the, excuse me, out of the four wheeler path. And he just said, okay, well, y'all be careful. And people were out there all the time. Like we gave permission to people go to go and hunt and to do whatever. So I assumed it was one of those guys. And then he went around the corner and then I got up to go down there and see where he was going and he was gone. And I was telling my grandfather about it. And it was, he said, well, you know what, what, what do you look like? And all that. And I told him. And they showed me a picture and it was, it looked to me like it was my great, great grandfather, something like that. Like his grandfather, it looked just like him. And it was a big deal to like him and my grandmother and my mother to hear that story. They were like, because he spent a lot of time out in the woods. The the person that I spoke to, that was supposedly my whatever. That, that, because when you were taught, when you're taught, when you were telling that, I, that's kind of where I was connecting was it was a family member who had passed that you met. Yeah. That's cool. Hey, that's, that's actually that's my favorite story. Cool paranormal experience though. Yeah. I mean, we were being protected too by an ancestor. That's awesome. Well, there was a storm coming that day. 
So that's awesome. Yeah. Like he was saying, get to the house. You shouldn't be out yeah. here. It was like, you just, y'all be careful. Mm. That's awesome. I like that story. Yeah, just talk to them. He's going to be a little bit harder of a nut to crack. But even though he's not always popping it, I do feel like he does on time at times. But just because they're not there doesn't mean they can't hear you. Energy is energy. Do you do you get anything regarding his essence of like music? He was a big music guy and I was the only other family member who took an interest in in playing music and I know he was so proud of that. He was a big bluegrass guy like he played the fiddle and Okay, cuz I kept feeling guitar, fiddle, banjo. Yeah, banjo. Playing strings. Mm -hmm. like, That's his thing strings yeah um and i also think he had a little bit of a thing for hank williams just a little like a ooh, secret i don't know that's weird. if yeah it would have probably been secret because we yeah. never talked about that that's weird maybe that's getting too into someone's personal i mean i could maybe see it though i could probably, like yeah wow but yeah you can like like i said energy's energy and talking is energy and talk, it's going to go where it needs to go and they will hear it. So talk. Mm. And it's also therapeutic. Yeah. I've thought about that before, but I just felt like I felt like I would feel silly, you know, doing something like that. You do for the first couple of times, but yeah. like I said, it becomes therapeutic. And not only are you talking to them, you're also talking out your emotions. You're talking out your thoughts. You're getting everything that's been repressed inside of you out. Yeah. And it's healthy. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And you'll start to see some interactions from your grandmother. I guarantee, I guarantee you, she's going to start interacting because you gave her the go ahead so i would be open i would be open to it yeah talk to her but yeah i want that mashed potato recipe because now <laughs> that is a serious want right now it was that was a big deal that was always a big deal yeah she did it right always nice wow so what else would you gentlemen like to know uh, <laughs> Tyler <laughs> um, being in the paranormal world mm -hmm. and the what are like I, I I go to bed to a few different things depends on the night one uh, is either reruns of impractical jokers <laughs> two sure. is either Abbott and Costello radio mm -hmm. or three I get in the rabbit hole on youtube of caught on camera right you know cryptids and creatures and ghosts and stuff like that caught on camera are there any cryptids uh paranormal you know other dimensions ufos other theories and stuff like that that even you are just like ah, i don't know about that there's <sighs> 
not really because I know, like I see a lot, I know a lot. My thing is at what point are we going to start differentiating what is exactly a cryptid mm. and what can be classified as an interdimensional being or alien? Because a lot of the cryptids are blurring those lines. Okay. And um, like I, I have seen evidence of Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, Scott mm -hmm. Tennessee Wildman. Yes. Um, and in fact, our team is actually going to be, I think it's Bigfoot. We're actually going to be investigating Bigfoot at Fort Anderson in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So I also, I also saw, uh, a, uh, uh, you, you've got, you've got this hoodie that you, that you're selling in your store. That's like your tour dates, like where you're going for the 2023 season. And, one of them is Brushy Mountain, so I uh, I'm coming along for yeah, that you one. Are. And yes, Josh, you're more, Josh, you're more than welcome to come to Brushy Mountain. It's just down the road from us, a little bit past Oak Ridge. So why not spend a night? It's a only little, seven hours. A little thirty and nerdy paranormal. A little investigating. Think on it. You've got a couple months. To ponder, to think. If not, we'll find something a little bit more timid. Yeah. Kinder side of paranormal. We, we can't, we can't like spend a night in Disney World or something like that. I mean, <laughs> no. Then you'll get the disembodied, you know, the headless body of Walt Disney. Walt Disney. The... Well, if you want paranormal stories, um, Pirates of the Caribbean is where a lot of people dump ashes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. Mm-hmm. I had heard that, and that's yeah. so odd. I watched someone do that. And I was like, they have to close it and like. It's such yeah. an interesting it choice the of the of ride to dump it at. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I would want my ashes dumped at like the fifty yard line of Neyland Stadium, you know, go Vols. But I don't know. That's just odd to think about. Like, you know what he'd really want? Right when we get to the Tortuga scene and the ride of Pirates of the Caribbean, he would want me to spend bukus of money. I just dump them over to the dump side. them over the side of the boat at Disney World. That's exactly what he'd want. That's probably what Josh would want. I can tell you. Spread my ashes at Galaxy's Edge, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Put me on the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Put me on the spread me on the Millennium Falcon. Oh, we have a paranormal friend that just got done with disney and he's he already texted me he's like lauren when i die you and my family are in charge of my ashes and i want them stored somewhere secretly on the millennium falcon secretly <laughs> so that someone someday will find them exactly just like oh. okay i will try but <laughs> problems in this plan okay yeah getting it past security <laughs> <laughs> that's funny going in a ziplock john <laughs> and we're gonna have to make up a story as to what you are kitty litter <laughs> yeah uh this is this is hashish we're big uh fans of hookah so uh don't bother me right uh <laughs> because i am also a, a, an avid fan and believer of sasquatch um that it's just it's just a race of 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 apes that statistically 
we've ex- we've explored more space than our own ocean. So if something doesn't want to be found, it won't. Like I said, hide and seek champion. Exactly. Hide and seek You're champion right. of the world. I got in the, the rabbit hole last night of like, started out with Megalodon and because uh, I'm, I hate sharks. Uh, I used to, as a kid, I loved them. And my sixth grade year, uh, we were in Destin and three hotels, not three beaches down, three hotels linked down. This poor kid gets attacked by a bull shark. Mm. And we were there, we weren't on the beach, but we were at the hotel and saw them, you know, clearing the beach and all this stuff and all this crazy stuff. And we kept up with that story for six to eight months. And this kid hung on in the hospital for almost eight months and then died. So after that, immediately after that, I was like, someone told him that there was a statistic out there that a pig could kill him before a shark would. And now he's that statistic. I used to have shark's teeth, the towels, the trunks, the shirts. I loved sharks. I could have watched Jaws sitting in the ocean and been fine. But after that, it changed everything. I was like, oh, you could also be a... So if it's like, I can't... So I don't even swim in the lake. When you said lake water, so I was like... Because yeah. I don't even swim in the lake. But if I can't see in the ocean, like if it's not clear blue... I'm ankle deep at most. Like I hate the ocean. It, it's not, okay. Lake Michigan is perfect for you. Then it is clear, clear. for miles. Clear blue. You walk through it, and like the biggest fish you'll find is. Well, I don't even think we have them anymore. See, I, I could do that, but so I got I started on the megalodon, and then that turned into like other things that you know sea monsters and and cthulhu and and interdimensional beings and by the time i like woke myself up at like 4 30 this morning the rabbit and just kind of opened my eyes and youtube was still going i was like how did it take this turn like it's talking about you know i was like we didn't even start here we started with giant 60 foot shark and now we're over here talking about you know Earth 2 and Cthulhu and interdimensional beings and Lovecraft actually knew more than we think. And that's actually like truth and entertainment. Like he was actually trying to tell us something as opposed to just make money on a story. So I was like, good God, (laughs) it took a turn for me while I'm asleep. And when I woke up and saw this picture of Cthulhu and other, it's, you know, it's daughter, uh, the Kraken. You know, is believed to be Cthulhu's daughter. And I was like, wow, good God, when did it decide to take this turn? So I have to say, in all honesty, I mean, there are some levels of the quote unquote paranormal interdimensional world that I am very like turned on to wanting to believe in, like an Earth two or three, the the Mandela effect, uh, which I I mean, we've experienced the Mandela effect multiple times because I can tell you I watched Sinbad in a movie called Shazam. I have it on VHS. That's the sad part. Yeah. People have this movie still. And he's saying, no, I didn't do a movie. Like, yeah, yeah, you did. uh, Not in this dimension, but you did. I remember it. 
I remember yeah, it. Exactly. Like the way we, st- we spell Bernstein, the way we spell Looney Tunes, uh, you know, and of course it all stems off Mandela being dead, but then alive. So uh, there are aspects of the paranormal world that, and the interdimensional world and all that, that even I'm like, oh, I don't know about that, you know, but are there any um, like links where you're just like, uh, like spaghetti monster? Spaghetti monster. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Sounds delicious, but no. Yeah. Some of the Lovecraft stuff, I, I just can't. I just can't. Mm. But I've also know, because I've had an interesting experience at Trans Allegheny, where I have dealt with a shadow creature with tentacles. Mm-hmm. Would I call it what he was describing? No. Mm-hmm. But do I think it's possible a cryptid possibly interdimensional okay i think lovecraft is a jumping off point for some of it here i'm gonna show some of my nerdum brian froud okay the artist yeah dark crystal labyrinth he knows more than like some true stuff which is why there's there's they always say that there's truth in entertainment that some of these people are trying to these creatures they create for movies for television shows stuff like that is they're trying to tell us without telling us like uh, i don't most people aren't are going to count me off as crazy but if i introduce these creatures in a show they're more apt to be like oh that's what that looks like and then when something may happen one day and they see that same creature, they'll say, holy crap, mm-hmm. how did he know? Yeah. Well, interesting. Brian Froud is right on spot with several species. Fuka is Fuka. Mm-hmm. Dead on. Except Good. they're nine feet tall. See, I don't do, and I wouldn't do well with the tall ones. Scary and angry and do not like people. So our big thing in this area, aside from Sasquatch, obviously, is the Wendigo. Yes, we're going to get to do that this summer, too. Is is big in Appalachia and stuff. So, yeah, um, um, Wendigo, we're going to Helltown in Ohio. So we're mm-hmm. going to do a paranormal investigation, but we're also going to be doing the cryptid search for the Wendigo. So we may not have team members left by the end of this. <laughs> Well, they don't like fire. Or there's going to be so. ER stories we're going to have to make up some stuff for. Yeah. 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 But well, gonna... They don't like fire, so. No, they do not. And when you're dealing with a Wendigo, you're not supposed to trust anybody. A voice you hear that sounds like someone saying, hey, come help. Don't go. Yeah. Because they can emulate. Yeah. And I've got our cryptid hunter who's really good at wanting to help everybody. So I'm thinking he's the first one that's going to be. Yes. Um, on the on yeah. <laughs> this get is rid of this get rid of the smart guy first well, this is the horror movie setup so yeah um yeah we're gonna be chasing the wendigo we're also gonna be doing salt fork sasquatch and dog man oh yeah uh, you should uh the beast of bray road i have seen be... that. i've actually yeah. seen that and I'm trying to convince them to do that one this year, but oh, yeah. they're 
the team's just barely dipping their toes into the cryptid territory. Yeah. We're also yeah. looking at the aliens stuff because MUFON has contacted us for our help. Mm-hmm. So we're branching out <laughs> and it could be fun or we might have missing people by the end of this year. So eh. for the like, brand you gotta do it for the science, baby. <laughs> it's for the science. Exactly. Exactly. Lauren, this has been amazing. Uh, before we go, uh, is is are there any stories, EVPs, things you've collected that uh, you're just like, oh, I should tell them this one? Um, let me see if I can pull up that. I'm not going to show you the demon growls. That might actually keep you up at night. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> you can send me a picture of it after, so Josh doesn't see it. Um. <laughs> Yeah, that's a class A. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have another class A, but it's calling me the B word. Ah. Yeah. A lot of our class A's are rude. Name calling. We're collecting names too. Well, <laughs> they say that like a lot of class A is angry because the energy that it takes to to shout, um, you know, vengeful spirits and poltergeists and all that tend to be stronger because they're full of rage equated to star wars the dark side seems stronger in in that second because they're so angry right but over time you know that's it hurts the spirit more is right and i wouldn't say always angry um the case that we're now reviewing i got hit on in a class A. Still female. got it. Exactly. I still got it. Um, female saying, I may like you. Very clear, very class A. And I'm sitting there going, okay, well, I may like you too now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not always anger. It's just what I think it's just passion. The energy yeah. of passion. Passion. So we've gotten some really awesome EVPs. The one case that we're working on right now, we're working through about six hours of demon growls, which is just fun. Gold star for the demon. Some of the, I'll tell you a funny paranormal story. Um, The last team that I was on, I was co-lead investigator and we were at a location in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And when I do my mediumship thing. I call it dropping into the force and dropping out of the force. (laughs) I'm a nerd. I Uh, like that. And it's easier for a lot of people to understand what you're talking about. Yeah. So I wasn't even in tuned. I wasn't in the force. I was just down in the basement with him investigating, making sure he was safe. We had our spirit box going. I had the camera going. And it felt like a cold breeze running around us. And then we get the name Steve through the spirit box and a cold breeze around us again. And then the name Steve through the spirit box. So I automatically was like, okay, we have a ghost running around us, screaming Steve into the spirit box. Great, fun, awesome. Later that night, I didn't even go on the tour. 
later that night, Diane and I, and Diane's my co-founder, one of my co-founders on this team, go into the cold body storage. And it was basically where they stored bodies during the winter that they couldn't mm. bury because the ground was so hard. So we go into the cold body storage and we're just talking, doing our EVP session. And I swear to God, I saw a leg come out of one wall and an arm come out of the other. You could see through it. And about, I'm going to say five seconds later, and butt coming out of the other side of the wall, going through it. Okay. So I'm just sitting there going, I shouldn't have seen what I just saw. Okay. I think I just got mooned. I'm not certain. (laughs) And I tell Diane and Diane's like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Let's turn the spirit box on. We get Steve coming through again. Okay. Poor soul is lost looking for Steve. We're coming. We're going through. We're doing our EVP. I'm talking to the little girl. That's a sad story. We get done. We're going down the body chute, the cold body storage chute. And there's a bathroom off to the side, and we're hearing noises. Mm. And there's some things as a paranormal investigator you don't ever want to see. This is one of them. I flash my light up in all his glory, naked, mm. mid 50 year old man, see through, kind of portly, standing there, smiling ear to ear. Is that Steve? That's Steve. Nice. Find out Steve had died in the bathroom upstairs from a heart attack, hit his head against the tub, died naked. So that answered another question. If you die naked, you don't get clothes either. Mm. Cool. Yeah. So thinking back to the beginning of that night. You saw a button. Mm. We had a naked guy running around us in the basement. Shouting Steve. <laughs> I'm Steve. Exactly. <laughs> and like I said, there's some images you can't burn out of your mm. And I never thought as a paranormal investigator, I would have to deal with a naked dead guy. Mm -hmm. But there he was. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love, I love, I could, I could talk about stories and, and interactions for hours. Um, Things that I've, I've experienced wanting to hear more of your experiences. Um, Josh has another experience at my house that uh, in Morristown that, this is the reason he won't stay the night with me and he would never stay the night with me after that. Um, but alas, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I will be joining you for some of these. If you will have me, uh, maybe Josh will come. Maybe he won't. I don't know. We'll see. How do you hey. feel about Kentucky? Cause we have a Masonic temple in Kentucky. We're doing. Ooh, Masons. Yes. Lots of secrets. Yes. Hey, if I, if I know that Mamaw's with me, I, I can feel Yeah, you're good. you're good. You're good. You're <laughs> uh, You're protected even yeah. you're, good. Yeah. you're good. Lauren, thank you so much. This has been amazing. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, we can't wait to have you back. Uh, we'll definitely be in contact with you about joining you on some uh, investigations and hunts and uh we just can't wait to see what in between paranormal does 
moving forward. I can't wait to see either because I, I have a feeling this is going to be an amazing year. Good. So thank yeah. you guys for having me. Thank I've enjoyed you. it. Thank you. Hey, you've really given me a very special gift. So I thank you for talk that. Her. Just talk to her. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank guys. you so much. You have a great night. Great. And have a great night, Lauren. All right. Bye. Bye. Wow. What'd you think, Josh? <laughs> uh, wow. I don't know. I, you see this stuff on TV and it's, it's easy to be like, wow, that was amazing. But you still sort of have that feeling of like, well, there's, there's gotta be a reason, right? There's gotta be some logic to this, but mm-hmm. what we just experienced and the things that Lauren said, I've never, I, I've never met Lauren before. I've never spoken to Lauren before. No. And some of those things that she said, there's no way that she could have known that no those specific things that she brought up. Right. So um i i kind of think i'm sold on this i think uh, you have to i think you have to ignore your inner spock and right. embrace your obi-wan yeah and just and trust in the force wait way to put it in words that i can understand tyler you know me so well uh, that was it. That, that was that was it right there yeah uh, it was incredible uh and and like i'll just can I, can I pull the curtain back a little bit? Full disclosure, yeah. you and I, while we were having our conversation with Lauren, we sort of had a little text conversation and I said, you know, I wonder what, you know, she'll, she'd like to do a little reading on us. I wonder what mm-hmm. would happen. And, you know, we didn't necessarily ask. She just sort of willingly said, oh, by the way, I'm seeing this or I'm feeling this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> wow. So that's insane. Yeah. Folks, it, it, it was not planned. It was not scripted. This was a hundred percent real. That organic. So that was just sitting here the entire time going, Oh my God. Like, like yeah. we didn't have to ask. She just said, Oh, by the way, there's a, there's an elderly woman with you. It's like, Oh God. Yeah. And there was no one else. There's no one else that that could have possibly been. Yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. So he is getting his reading away. We go. Uh, that's, <laughs> that was awesome. Like, like I said, in the, in the, in the interview is is there's so much that i believe in on the paranormal in the paranormal world um that that it's like you say you believe in psychic mediums you say you believe in spirits and all that but it's a totally different thing to get to see a psychic medium read somebody and like no, like when she said woods, dude, I'm sitting there immediately thinking back in Walter State, we're in your white truck, and you're telling me the story of the old man in the woods that talked to you. And I was like, oh my god, she said woods. I was, oh my god, like you, you say you believe in this stuff, and you and you watch the shows and all that, but until you actually get to witness an organic reading, because this is also going to be on our YouTube channel. So I, I, I was just like, Holy yeah, God. y'all, y'all going to see me crying and everything, but that's okay. It it's was insane. Yeah, it was great, man. I mean, Lauren, thank you so much again. And I cannot wait to investigate 30 and nerdy's going paranormal i will be at brushy mountain with them 
you're of course invited, Josh. But, you know, I don't want to force you into a, you know, you'll be like the shaggy running around. Like, I don't know if we should be here, Tyler. <laughs> um, You know what? I, I may have to do it. I may have to go. I, yeah. I never thought that's something that I would be willing to to do. Well, um, notice how she she comfortably handled it. Yeah. She if just. I'm, very talk to you very easy mm-hmm. very like like she's the type of mentality that you would want giving you your first shot in kindergarten talking yeah. you through it everything's okay you know mm-hmm. this is not gonna kill you blah, blah. but she like just eased you into it to where now you're like well you know if my, <laughs> a year ago i'd have told you you're crazy but you know maybe maybe going on an investigation wouldn't be a you know, it wouldn't just be insane, you know, like because she comfortably and respectfully mm-hmm. led you in. And that's what the thing that stood out to me the most about her is her belief in the respect of not just the living and the dead, but the science that she's mm-hmm. pursuing. She mm-hmm. respects it. And like she mentioned, you know, there's so much mainstream shows and all that, that if you look at, if you really take a look at it, are kind of disrespectful Yeah. to this, to this world. So thank you, Lauren. That was, it was eye opening. It was amazing. Yeah, it really was. Uh, so thank you all for tuning in. Um, want to remind you to check out the 30nerdypodcast.com if you want to know any more about 30 and nerdy uh you can find all of our social medias all of our sponsors all the things we support don't forget to check out the t public store uh we always have a new uh new designs popping up every now and then and des- old designs disappearing so take advantage of them when they're here uh don't forget to go support the in between paranormal they are on instagram they're on youtube follow their social media their links to all of their things will be in the show notes as well as their store. Go support them. Even if it's even if it's something as small as liking and sharing something they post, that's free for you to do. Do that because that helps them immensely. Same thing with us, with all the other podcasts you listen to. We are not begging you to buy everything we put in our T Public store, but a like and a share go a long way. And it's free. It doesn't yeah. cost you anything. doesn't cost you anything. Also, don't forget to keep up with Fanboy Expo. They're just halfway through the announcements, and we have got a huge show coming to Knoxville, Tennessee in July. Uh, we got more Lord of the Rings on the way. We've got more nostalgia on the way. I mean, this is like you said, man, this is going to be the biggest Fanboy Expo. Yeah. In you, don't wanna, you don't want to miss this. Yeah. And I mean... That's that sounds like a cliche, you know, a thing, but I'm telling you, you do. If you are a nerd and you appreciate the things that we talk about, you don't want to miss this event. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and also uh, Smoky Mountain Fan Fest uh, in the Sevier County area. Uh, they have secured Ashley Green, who played my favorite Cullen, mm-hmm. Alice, and this will be her first time in the east coast she's never done a con at the east coast so 
Good for them. She was also the voice of Oracle on uh, the Arkham Knight game. She was. She absolutely was. No disrespect to Twilight, but I appreciate that a little bit more. But. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was, uh, in my opinion, the best part about the Twilight movies. Alice. Alice. Alice Cullen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, be on the lookout for them, too. Fanboy Expo. Uh, there's Metrotham Con in Chattanooga. There is Anime Fest going on in Rossville, Georgia. There's Smoky Mountain Fan Fest. There are so many events happening around us. It's just great to see like all this nerd culture just happening around us. It's fantastic. There's always things to be involved in. So follow those pages. Uh, There'll be links to everything in our show notes. Go click on them. Go follow them. A huge shout out to all the sponsors and podcast friends uh, that you've heard from in this episode and other episodes that we play. Uh, Be sure to give them a listen to or a a like and a follow at uh, Podchaser or on social media or wherever you get your podcasts. Next time, we are going to be talking to a friend of Josh's. Uh, we're very excited. Oh, uh, yeah. Her name is Danielle Threet. Uh, she's a, a friend of mine. We were in college together. We did some theater together back in the day. Um, we were in the college band together. And she uh, is an up-and-coming uh, voice artist. And mm-hmm. she's actually had a little bit of success, which uh, we'll, we'll talk to her about. And she's going to be featured on a podcast uh, hosted by Will Freddy and um, Will Friedle and Christy Carlson Romano. Yes. Those, yes. those folks, she's going to be on their podcast where they're featuring like a uh, 16 or, or mm-hmm. something like that voice artist. And she's one of the 16. She's going to mm-hmm. be on the show. Uh, so it's a huge deal. I, and, and she's recently gotten into some work i don't know if she's allowed to talk about that or not but we'll okay. find out what we can and mm-hmm. um it'll just be great to, to talk to her if you don't know who christy carlson romano is she was ren stevens when we were young in the even stevens she's also the voice to kim possible mm-hmm. uh wilford ill is eric matthews also the voice to terry mcginnis in batman yeah. beyond uh also it- a kim possible voice yeah uh the, her, the her buddy and uh, he was also uh, the lead guy in My Dates with the President Daughter, <laughs> a oh, Disney yeah. Channel original movie. Forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, so we can't wait to listen to that episode. We cannot wait to have her on here. Uh, it's just exciting. I'm, I'm a shill for the voice acting world. I think you know. So I may yeah. be a little bit, as the kids say today, simp, a little bit of a simp for her because I'll just have all the questions. Yeah. I, pr- I prepared her for that. I was yeah. like, <laughs> Tyler's a voice guy. He'll be uh, very interested in, in talking to nerd you. out a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Take him in, do- in small doses and everything's will be okay. But thank you all very much for tuning in. Thank you again to Lauren. Huge shout out to in between paranormal. Uh, very excited for next week. Josh, any last words? <laughs> Contact a medium. Go talk mm. to him. It could potentially uh, have a huge effect on you mm-hmm. in a positive way. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely, that's all I'll say. It's uh, uh, the past couple hours have been a little bit of a roller coaster for me. So, I, I am uh, cool. not quite sure what to say right now, but that's awesome, though. Thanks again, Lauren. Absolutely, that's all I can really say. Well, for the doctor of nerdonomics, I am your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Be kind to one another, be kind to yourselves, and as always, cheers to you.
in college Nobody loved pop culture more So they started a podcast to talk all about it And 30 and Nerdy was born Oh, 30 and Nerdy was born You might hear them chat about shows like The Witcher Or movies like Lord of the Rings And if Josh has to choose, he is loyal to Marvel While Tyler goes more for DC Yes, Tyler goes more for DC Now come, come, one and all Nerd up or shut up, just answer the call To be part of our journey into magical worlds Join us and cheers to ya nerds Join us and cheers to ya nerds What I would say is... Mashed uh, potatoes would be a hell of a lucky guess, though. So would the woods. And so would the woods. I mean... Yeah. I don't believe in coincidence or anything like that. 